And welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benham. And I'm JP. And we're here recording live, JP, with uh, our patrons on our, uh, back on a Monday night, earlier than normal. Like, when we started the pre-show then, it was light outside. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of, kind of weird. Like, I, I suppose we're getting into the summer and stuff, but, you know, I feel like we've... Uh, we're doing something here, mate. We're tra- trying to get done before three in the morning. Like, uh, don't, don't know where that's going to go, so. but, you know, we're going to try and... It would be lovely to not do a Tuesday at work on like four hours sleep. That's after pretty much a daily update in the morning. <laughs> and after getting up and doing a daily update where it would just be nonsense. Yeah, again, um, a very slow news day today. I'll say that much. Fucking <laughs> nothing. What nothing, did you include nothing. in the end? I can't remember what was on there. What was it? It was like um, didn't the even president of New Japan. He um, rescued a little girl <laughs> who'd fallen between a subway and a, a train. That's, That's nice where we were do. at. We were announcing the sale of Ring of Honor soon, you know, not that long ago. But fuck me, it, it, this is where we were. She's fine, obviously. I mean, it's just the hero federation, isn't it? just saving people around just, the place. And good luck to them. It was the way you put it in the notes. You said something like, you know... You hasn't can't. sacked evil. Yeah, hasn't sacked evil yet. Like, <laughs> what, one right doesn't, doesn't make up for a, for a lifetime of wrongs, JP, you know, and uh, keeping evil in point is, uh, is the lifetime of wrongs. Um, I'm biding my time before I have another exchange with him mm. just to, to kind of get, get some degree of clarity on the situation because <laughs> he's, he's been told. It's not like he, he's not like he doesn't know. Mm. And then it was the weirdest thing, but okay, I'm getting really upset about the evil. And it's like, I'm not upset because I'm not watching. <laughs> How can I be upset about something I don't see? It doesn't invade my consciousness. I've been getting that this yeah. week because I was, um, I'm sure we'll talk about when we talk about AEW, I was a little bit critical of uh, Daniel Garcia and his funny Kangol hat. And like some of the quotes, I got like one guy was coming at me going, ah, you're just a typical, you're just a fan of like the um, the Blackpool Combat Club. I was like, well, you've never met me. And then he was like, and, oh, you, you must think Daniel Garcia is that good. Another guy came in and was like, ah, you, your mustache is shit. Like I got that. Um, <laughs> you're saying that you say bad He's things wrong. that people love. <laughs> And they go that beard it. is magnificent, and it goes exactly. nowhere. I was going to say, I'm trying to grow a beard here, not a moustache, but uh, so it's the moustache, moustache. The teenage moustache, JP, it grows quicker. I always, I've been shaving moustache since I was 12, and I've been shaving my beard since I was 35. So you know, it's one of them. <laughs> Just how it goes. Yeah, but you're looking all the all the better for it uh, <laughs> on that one there. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll get into the the Garcia stuff with that, but that was yeah, it's it's, it's a look. I'll mm. go that much. Like I'll certainly say that. Not enough to start an argument with someone with over, really. Mm. I don't like that look. How dare you? (laughs) The Benno pissing. I think the Benno is pissing on a a grave just called wrestling. (laughs) Everywhere I go, I make friends. Like I was a full of a wrestling with Matty this weekend, and just saying in the pre-show there, you know, there were certain (laughs) members of uh, you know Brit Res and journalists and people who run certain companies who are definitely giving me some dirty looks as I walk around. Matty was a little bit bemused. Why, why do these people hate you so much? I, you know, what can I say, JP? I've, apparently I've got a very punchable face. I was wrestling said that once. I think it's uh, 
you know, I'm no. smoke. You know, what are you gonna do? You, but you had the UN of Britress, as uh, <laughs> as Simon Mulvaney has called him in the chat. Matty Edwards there, and he he is the one to repair all of this damage. Mm. Healing hands <laughs> across the world, <laughs> saving oh. this broken scene on there. But no, yeah, that for love of wrestling, I won't lie. Like again, kind of jealous. Mm. Like I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated because that that was your week. My weekend was watching sport, like mm. at, at, at certain points in time. Wild Arsenal team, <laughs> and uh, yeah, FPL, which we should get to that before we get into the for love of wrestling stuff, as we were talking about on the pre-show as well. Tom Young, is it Tom Young or Tom? Yeah, it's mm. Tom Young, isn't it? Who's number one? You were saying where is he in the world? Is he like in the Top one thousand five hundred, something like that. Yeah, shout out to him for <laughs> like you know. I've been playing. I've been playing that for fifteen years, and uh, I've never come near. So yeah, you know, not not jealous at all. No, made up like that. Uh, somebody and I and all that. Uh, you know, in a game of ten million players, I got the potential to win the whole thing. It's a good quality league we're in. Mm. It's good. It's a good. It's a good quality league. I I always have to say promote promote that. Still in the grapple cup. Mm. Uh, apologies to David Sweet. Kai Havertz as that differential. Getting Son out of the team seemed like a masterstroke given this weekend, which was, you know, bittersweet in that I had Harry Kane in there, but at the same time, Spurs drew. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, is Andy is what Andy saying true here about them moving for Love of Wrestling to bowlers? Apparently, apparently that's the uh, the plan. They were don't they were they were, they were sneakily like around the building. There were little billboards for next year, and it was just like Manchester. It was like, oh, you've sold us no. out. You know, <laughs> to be fair, this no. one it was like their third time of trying to run it because of the pandemic, and. Um, I think it's been an absolute shit show because, like, they've had, you know, they had to re- put tickets back on sale twice. Mm. Everyone cancelling Goldberg, Jeff Hardy, mm. all kinds of names that were uh, announced there and, and pulled, you know, at notice. I assume something's gone on there, but yeah, nobody wants. Well, to I know why Jeff Hardy pulled out, man. <laughs> there is that uh, Liverpool derby, isn't it? He's he's he's, <laughs> he's too crushed to them, isn't it? <laughs> he didn't want to. Uh, he that's didn't what want I meant. To, uh, to witness that, maybe that's what it is. Uh, but yeah, he was. Uh... <laughs> but D'Lo Brown was there though, wasn't he? Fucking buzzing. <laughs> Buzzing off his tits. Wasn't well, you know? He's been in the country, so I don't know where he is. You know, the, the Future Shock had a show, a full of a wrestling where one of the prizes was a signed photo of D'Lo Brown. So, you know, he was there in spirit, if uh, if not in person. Oh, it's fun- it is funny, like being at that. It's like you get a real idea of like who's over and who isn't. Like any mm. conversation, I know it. I know it's a, you know not the the best sample on earth, but like you know, a good few thousand people there. It was. Busy like both days, which I was shocked at, considering you know all the good, or you know the reorganisation of it constantly. But mate, it was basically the international theme fan convention. <laughs> like it was just like really, like, oh that bloke. Like there was people dressed up as him, some more convincing oh. than others. Some actually, you know, very good. People walking around with fiend title belts. There were a lot of lads walking around with title title belts. Uh, Matty's. Uh, Famous mate Dave the Rave, who I still don't know why he's called the Rave, I just know he's called Dave, was with us, and he's not really like a hardcore wrestling fan, so he knows his stuff like, but he was just kind of just bemused by the fact that there, you know, there were people walking around with, you know, dressed as the fiend, people walking around with like the WWF Intercontinental title on, like middle-aged men, like fifty-something like year olds walking around with belts on, with no irony, you know, it's just uh, 
it's a <laughs> it's a strange world to, uh, to 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 walk into. Andy asked in the chat, "What's my fiend?" Uh, because who's a, a fan of the fiend? There, yeah, he was there. He got his uh, he got his picture taken with Bray. He did say that Bray was a uh, was a very uh, very nice man. So you know that's nice. How much um, is Bray charging for those pictures? Oh, it was uh, like curiosity. 70, 80 quid, something like that. Um, I saw Back them on Twitter for sixty something reduced. So I think with fees and everything, it was about eighty. Yeah, and honest to God, like. He had a queue, like, the entire day, the entire day, and you're talking hundreds of people at any given time. Like, he made mm. fucking bank, like, at a bigger queue than anyone else there, like, by a country mile. Like, even, you know, you like Sir Braun and, like, I mean, they had, obviously Sting was there, and Sting was kind of, like, the Undertaker equivalent this year. You know, they kept him behind the big curtain, and then you had to pay, like, the, the mega bucks to, to go and beat Sting. But as far as, like... The rest that were there that you could actually see that the queues for made the theme fans still live. Like it is unbelievable. Like he had he'd have like a queue of like fat, like hundreds and hundreds of people, and then poor like Fred Ottman, you know, who was there with a little uh, he had like a a shockmaster like wall like uh, that you could get a picture with him. Nobody was queuing. <laughs> no one was there. Lanny Poffo had no one there. Right. Even poor Grado didn't have uh, didn't have many people through the day. MJF was there. His queue was pretty good, but you know, dwarfed twenty times over by like the, the Fiend fans. I'm telling you, mate, it's uh, it's very much still a thing. I will say there is a novelty value because he's not wrestled well, he's since leaving smart. WWE. Because this and is the difference. Because not... Braun mm. is like. Because I actually, at least on the day, I literally saw Braun wrestle on the Future Shock show. Like, Braun Strowman and me have wrestled for the same company in RJP. Like, and we both did Battle Royals, so, like, you can't even take that away from me. We've also both... Yeah, I don't know if I wrestled Sam Bailey. I don't know if I have. I've trained with him, at least. But, like, you know, the, the degrees of separation are getting smaller. He did, like, a whole angle with Sam Bailey. And it was it was a cool moment. But it was still, like, you know, you look at him and look at, like, him doing all his, you know, control your narrative stuff and that, and... You know, he was yeah. hobbling around a lot on the day as well. He didn't look in too good shape, old uh, old brawny. You know, I'm sure he's still fine, but like you know, as far as like protecting your like your star quality and your star power, I feel like the route he's gone is probably not the best route you, yeah. you should do. X WWE, I think he's probably devalued himself in a lot of ways. Whereas Bray, to be fair to him, he stayed out the limelight. He takes these big bookings and turns up to make you know money hand over fist from from fans who want to take pictures with him and. He's great, you know, and he's grand, and he and he does well off it. Like fair play to him. Look for a massive in person as well. I will say that. Did he talk or anything? He wasn't like in that ring there set up. No, no, just like literally that. there taking photos all day. Um, and like yeah, chatting to the theme fans. I'd say the two biggest cues were Bray Wyatt and mm, probably a tie between Trish and Tori Wilson. But like, I mean, of course, I would have thought. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's... <laughs> you know. But but still, yeah. you know, there, there were you know there was like Sir Victoria there and some of the you know some other women from like nineties and two thousands attitude era whose uh, cues were you know nowhere near as big as that. Uh, you know, New Age Outlaws seem to do well. I was trying to get Matty to go up to Road Dog and see if he could get him to unblock him on Twitter, but he didn't. Uh, he didn't have the, uh, the, the the guts in the end. But uh, MJF did get involved though. MJF like through the day, like it was almost like he was bored. Like he went up. It was like a nineties WWF set. He went and got pictures in front of because he's a fucking troll, isn't he? Uh, there was yeah. a point they were doing Q and A's in the ring, and some of them were better than others. Watch the good one with uh, IRS and uh, and Bo Dallas. Um, 
And Bo Dallas didn't uh, spout off any conspiracy theories, so that's a start. Although, uh, and to be fair, you know, IRS uh, Wall Street did tell a good story about why, you know, he was only in the NWO for a little while, apparently got called off to Japan. He was telling stories about, you know, his, his tours of Japan and stuff. So there were all these, like, organised <laughs> Q&As going on. Braun and, um, what's it called? Um, what's his name? Joseph Rude now. Um, um, Eric Redbeard did, like, one in the Yeah, that's stuff. right. MJF just fancied it and just grabbed the mic at one point and just got in the ring and started like riffing and getting people to ask him questions and it was like I tell you what JP like I've like seeing him live in person do his thing he came across like a fucking megastar like considering the room was filled with like you know old wrestlers and you know some current wrestlers and you know lots going on like he just pulled the attention of absolutely everyone and it was just yeah like i say ripping into people for having bad questions you know teasing going to wwe he was quite complimentary about punk and saying that you know punk's the only person in the world that's gonna hold a candle to him on the mic and stuff but he was getting proper involved to the point where on the future shock show jj webb was in the ring cutting a promo and he made some comments about mjf because mjf was uh watching to the side and he got on, uh, and JJ Webb's like the big heel in Future Shock, and he's ripping into the fans. And MJF got on the mic and acted like he was going to get in the ring, and then got halfway down. I was like, nah, I agree with you. These people suck. And then just turned around and walked off. And it was like, <laughs> it was just a great moment. And it was like, he was the absolute star of the day, I'm telling you. Like, give that man a microphone. Great shit for JJ Webb as well, isn't it? Oh, that's yeah. a real big, like, mm. oh, you're talking that's like, a great moment to take away. You know, somebody. That the level, you know, he's at in Brit Resident Future Shock, you know, going back and forth with MJF, like stuff dreams are made of, aren't they? But Jesus, yeah. Um, but yeah, I get to see, I get to see Braun Strowman wrestle a match, JP, so you know, uh, that was it. Uh, I'm sorry, he did a fist bump with Matty. Oh, that yeah, was Matty was I did find that. that <laughs> we were allowed to leave because the Future Shock Rumble was like. You know, last year they they did. A, I feel like they had more surprises, and they had like more like old wrestlers who were just in the building come in and do the rumble. And I think they teased it this year, like you never all show up, and then it was just like twenty future shock trainees. So you can imagine Matty's face, and patrons might uh, <laughs> might hear Matty's thoughts on this uh, later in the week, and maybe 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 regular listeners at some point as well. But yeah, they brought up, but we were, we literally got up and we were about to leave. And then Braun came out and it was like, okay, we better go and sit down again. Because, <laughs> yeah, if Matty loves anyone, it's Braun Strowman. He, he really does. Like, and he's without, without any of any sense of irony whatsoever. But, I mean, I have to say, it sounds like it was a success, which is in and of itself. I mean, if wrestling conventions are doing well and there is at least a demand for them, that's a good thing. It may not all be my cup of tea, for like kind of large sway, but conventions are like that. They're meant to kind of have that bit of everything. I mean, it sounds like overall, if that's the case, and that's you know, it, is it, it? I didn't sound like the kind of place you should have actual wrestling going on though, which well, I know sounds a very weird thing. Well, he kind of the smart about it. He put it on at like the end of the day. Like, you know, it's like a future shock show. Just, I mean, it, it probably by right should be like a TNT. You would imagine being the Liverpool based company, but mm-hmm. you know, future shock. Did it the first time, so they, they did it again here, and yeah, it's more like you know you've got like a c- captured audience of 
you know, WWE belt marks and, you know, people who were there just to buy merch and, and stuff like that. And, you know, mm. tell them it's going to be a wrestling show later on. Although there was a point during the, the Braun and Eric Brett Pitt bit where um, <laughs> the, uh, the, the guy, the, the asked him, uh, Eric Redbeard, what he, uh, what he thought about his opponent later on for the Future Shock show. Cause Redbeard was on the show as an advertised thing against, you know, Son of Dirt and one of, uh, one of Gareth's favorites. Oh, yeah. Cause it was a, a rematch of Raw from three years ago where Eric Redbeard squashed the poor Son of Dirt and, Rebeer's just like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> he just looks like, oh, is he who any is good? He was like, oh, how long did the match go on Raw? All oh, right, okay, cool. Couldn't have been less asked. Then they had the match. It was like convention crowd. They were trying to get behind Son of Derson as like this, you know, local babyface type of type of act. Wasn't really getting over, but he was doing a good job of it. To, to to their credit, they put him over Eric Rowan. They let him give him like a you know a banana peel, you know, literally foot on the ropes kind of pin, which wasn't really very becoming for the underdog babyface, and didn't really get much of a pop because people were more into the star being Eric Redbeard. And then after the match, Redbeard got on the mic and was like trying to like show him respect and be like, oh, you know, you, you showed me something today, kid. I I underestimated you. And he was like, so what's your name? And he was like, Son of Derson. He was like, right, Son of Derson. Where are you from? And then Sonna was like. Manchester, and then the crowd turned on him. <laughs> it was just like you're trying to make this baby face, <laughs> like <laughs> it. Did. And then the segment ended with I don't know whether they called it audible or it was always the plan so that Redbeard could get his heat back with Redbeard squashing him, <laughs> just beating the shit out of this tiny Brit Res wrestler that was, you know, clear in his mind several layers uh, beneath him, which was uh, which was sad. Oh. No, the, the show itself was fine. It was just a mix of like, you know, a lot of. A lot of young Brit Res talent who, you know, aren't ready for proper shows yet, who, you know, are getting given a run out here. Um, whether that's the greatest idea in the world to put in front of a bunch of casuals or not, I don't know, but that's what they did. And, you know, there was a clear, like, they had um, Anthony Agogo. What can the they do, I suppose? Yeah, well, they had Anthony Agogo on the show. They had, they had a t- he, was, uh, he took over from... Um, what you call it, uh, Nick Aldis, who didn't make the flight for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So he was on one team and Grado was leaving the other team. And I've got to say, said that in the pre-show, Grado is like, he's still the megastar of Brit Res. Like, he's still so many levels above what Brit Res is. Like, he's a genuine, like, to quote the UK fan forum, household name. Like, you know, he's maybe just in Scotland and maybe just on BBC Scotland, but, like, there's a reason that guy has been successful. Like, he came out and, like, the charisma level and, you know, coming out to the music and getting people going and stuff was, like, a million miles above everyone else. I mean, unfortunately, the bell has to ring then and, you know, you get what you get. But, you know, even there, you know, you had, like I said, you know, Damon Lee and Joey Hayes and that holding, holding the match together. It was nice to see some, like, you know, old heads uh, from the northwest get a get a little bit of a shine. So no, that was fun. That's I mean, I, I kind of I'm I'm absolutely fine with that kind of booking for a show like this for a convention show where you don't you know you you want a certain sort of tone of it. And we've seen Danny Hope and uh, Joey Hayes do this kind of stuff loads and loads of times, and they can and I think that's good, like perfectly fine. It's almost like you want that camp show vibe really that's kind of really what you should be going for here um and for it to be funny so i mean considering like the amount of people who pulled out i take there was no marty Janetti this year sadly not no. Clear that. no it was a lot more civilized like kind of thing you know we, we went to the, like the hotel afterwards and you know we did see a few people knocking about and that you know sting going to bed at like nine o'clock and you know um <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> you know uh, see, like, he's no dbassy <laughs> like, he's no fucking dbassy i believe steve 
when he's on it on this. He see Il Hebra having like a nice steak or whatever, you know, it was like that. It was like very, very, uh, very civilized, you know, nasty boys hobbling about. You know, even Matty couldn't uh, couldn't get us into it. It's a too much trouble this year. It was, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, don't know if they just didn't bring back any of the, the troublesome people from last year, or you know, all the young ones yeah. were probably. I, I did see like Matty. One of Matty's mates was telling us that um, I think Redbeard and. Uh, and Braun were out on the town on the Ar- the Albert Dock in Revolution and getting bothered by uh, by people the night before. So I'm sure that <laughs> you know some of the younger ones were out on the on the town, uh, you know, shocking the locals. But <laughs> that it was. It was. There's, uh, some, there's some stories there, isn't there? Oh, uh, it's pretty uh, civilized, but. No, it was it was a laugh really. Like you know, getting to say we got, got, got managed to pick up a, uh, an old the WCW magazine with uh, with Sting with um, Barry Windham dressed as Sting on it. Yes, and um, like, that Gareth wanted managed to find that from one of the collectors who definitely had no idea what he had. He was like some comic book guy who I think just <gasps> in a sale somewhere picked up a load of old WCW magazines from a warehouse and was just selling them for like you know nowhere near what they're actually worth uh, at this convention it was a copy of The Wrestler wasn't it, it was The Wrestler man. sorry yeah they had that The Wrestler inside wrestling oh. WCW magazine a lot of like a mix of those ones yeah a lot of people selling like unique figures me and Matty both got um, a, a Jay White uh, f- figure like custom made one uh, but that one's not for me I'm sure you can guess who it's for but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah fair enough <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot. It's fun. It's one of them. You know, you've got to be careful because some of the stores will charge you like 50 quid early in the day and you go later on, everything's been reduced to like 20 quid. Um, you know, it is what it is. If you're there, if you're a belt, that's what I worry about. These belt mutants who are walking around with like, you know, the classic WWF title on the shoulder and, you know, three other belts on them. Like, there was a point at, during the Future Shock show where at, half, at the interval they did like the standard photos in the ring and it was like, yeah, you can get your photo taken with. With Grado and Anthony Agogo and a few future shot wrestlers for the small price of £30. And, like, it wasn't a big queue, but there were several people who stood up fucking fluttering tenors in the hand who were just willing to pay, you know. <laughs> the wrestling audience has, uh, you know, apparently Mate. unlimited money there. I ain't paying that, you know. I'm, I'm more of a Matthew type than I get a, but a sneaky photo of the corner. It's also the element, though, people, that the, the kind of real like that kind of hardcore fan mm-hmm. would save mm-hmm. and wait to pay that kind of amount of money mm-hmm. for like for that kind of stuff. Yeah. We would look at it as like kind of madness generally. But then, you know, I, I paid for money for photos with, with wrestlers before. I was saying you mentioned about the belt mark stuff and directly behind your head, as you were saying, a lot of this stuff was your shiny ring of honor title there. <laughs> Um, which I'd be remiss not only wear for special occasions mate. Uh, you should have brought that you should have brought that <laughs> should have brought your ring of honor title there mate come on shame in the great company shame in the great company should have took it and gone to the uh, the progress ring in the corner and you know said, you know, I'm your real world champion and none of this uh, Jonathan Gresham we can't be asked making any flights type of stuff um, I'm yeah. sure <laughs> draw a crowd to the dome mate i'll leave it at that i'll just th- at this point but yeah um, they were it, uh they were in the corner there was a uh, <laughs> this was separate to the uh the future shot ring there was a uh a little progress set bit going up where you could jp you could get your photo taken with you know one of the uh, the champions you know get a nice picture taken with a uh, new atlas champion luke jacobs or you could go and get your picture taken with you know the two dars who run progress now apparently that's a thing people want to do ah okay <laughs> Okay. Oh, get dear. your Triple H point and photograph. <laughs> Here's me in step time, son. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's, I don't know. I mean, like, 
I don't know. It, it sounds a bit depressing. Although I did have, I should say, in all of this, we do have a Brit rest positivity story. I don't know if we <laughs> is can it super strong make that a weekly <laughs> thing. It, it, it's not the super strong style. I you're the aware first of four names announced mm. for that. So yeah. who was it that was on there? It was um, Warren Banks, mm. Big Damo, Kid Lycos, and Malik. <laughs> yep, that right. Like you want to start off hot, don't you? For it, but I sound I like I, and it's not like you know. I think Warren Warren Banks is someone they should just go with, really. Mm. But it's it's like I'm saying that not like you know the world. I, Warren Banks is fine, but it's you know. I was going to say we did we did have our Brit rest. Sorry, go on. They should just put the two owners in the in the tournament. I think that'll probably you know get get them out in front. You know, is, is that not how successful businesses operate? Apparently, <laughs> we've seen that. this, haven't we? <laughs> oh, that was so fun seeing uh, John Briley as uh, as Liam said in the oh. chat. Tweet, uh, you know, what what felt like not not such a uh, a subtle dig at the uh, the new progress owners. The uh, the two David David Brenters have uh, coined them and um, put themselves front and center of everything. Which I mean, he's got a cheek considering. That was the entire selling point of original progress. Don't get it wrong. Let's not get it twisted, you know, as well as like, you know, the wrestling going on. It was, you know, the amount of people, us included, who drunk the Kool-Aid that we were all, you know, just mates with the three mates. You know, we're all, we're all the guys, yeah. you know, Jim, Jim Smallman's our, our leader. You know, we're all one happy family type stuff. You know, I, I kind of feel like original progress was built on that. But, you know, even with that said and everything, mm. think about those lads, you know, and as that, that changed over the years. You know, I think Smallman was definitely uh, significantly, you know, as, as much as it pains me to say, cooler than the uh, the current uh, progress setup comes across. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's he's, he's played a blinder, isn't he? If you think of it, think of it like that. Mm. But um, I do want to mention. I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lose this thread of it. We do have to mention something like a Brit rest positivity story, mate, haven't we? Do we? For once, proper Brit rest positivity. I might add, not client journalism, but um, <laughs> Rev Pro nearly sold out York Hall. And as you can tell from all the people who really deeply love British wrestling about how many people have, have, have responded to this, mm. that uh, a British wrestling show is uh, is going to be nearly selling out York, York Hall. I think there's, you know, there's nothing left front row. It's, you know, we're talking balcony seats. It feels like it's headlined by Osprey and Minoru Suzuki. And I think given the stuff from Michael Oku, if you want a genuine, like British wrestling positivity story, I think, look at that. Look at the young wrestlers who are on the card. People all had to be developed a lot of the time and characters during the pandemic, you know, aren't, you know, yeah, they don't, we've never had a comp of them in our lives like you know i kind of like that i have no issue with that at all equal absolutely fine and they're doing well and i think they deserve the kind of props as much as anything else not that it will appear in the daily star anytime <laughs> soon no i'm looking forward to the write-up but i think the i think the guy's busy hosting a q a um, with the different companies reason but uh yeah, yeah no like uh, that is uh it is genuinely quite you know it took me aback when i saw it you know and that, that's the thing you know as much yeah. as like you know i mean read out that super strong star lineup you know it couldn't come across more bang average to me you know yeah 
you bring in you you put Luke, Luke make Luke Jacobs the Atlas champion. You bring in Ricky Knight Jr. There's some positive steps that you you see with progress, and it is a a rebuilding you know plan. But based on the the lineup so far, it's you know it's pretty dire. You know it's really you know I said before I enjoyed that. For what it was, definitely enjoyed elements of the Future Shock show. Maybe the, <laughs> the the length of that rumble aside, it was pretty poor. Matty hated every second, but it was like you know I started <laughs> trying to like, explain to him that like to be honest, like you know progress who we were over in, in the corner. Really, it's not that many you know steps above this at that point, and obviously that wasn't the case uh, a long mm. time ago. But you know, I, I think Rev Pro, despite having that that same core roster in some ways, you know, there are guys who, who cross over and, and do both companies, and they are, in a lot of ways, playing with the same toys. I think it's twofold that. I think, one, they did a good job, you know, in the pandemic, building up their own guys, bringing up Ricky Knight Jr., building up Michael Oku, you know, putting the hard work into to get those guys over. And then also, you know, it's turned out, at least for, for 2022, you know, the, the business relationship they've got with, with New Japan is still worth its weight in gold compared to, you know, the yeah. whatever relationship progress I've got with, uh, with WWE at this point. Because if you can announce, you know, a big dream match with, you know, Osprey against Minoru Suzuki, you know, you can continue to use, you know, the likes of, Vozzy Open, who are heading over to New Japan, you know, full time, put them in a dream match against the the Velocities. You know, you add that together with the the goodwill they've got from from presenting a good product. Um, all in all, mm-hmm. you know, over over this uh, this last year or so, and yeah, that, I suppose that's going to happen. Um, you know, and to be honest, the the York Hall shows I've been to since the uh, since they've came back have been you know busy enough. You know, they've been a little bit up and down, but you know surprisingly busy you know people are, are still up to, yeah. to come in you know big numbers and you you know your six six hundreds or so for uh for a big you know big uh brit rush show not every brit rush show needs to be moved to a to a small dome um apparently you know there's a uh, there's lot there's plenty to say there's plenty i think of i don't think it's any one thing that, that red pro are getting right there that's uh you, know, you can ultimately <laughs> give the credit to i think it's just it's just a competently run wrestling company you know run by professionals yeah you know what they do I think that's it. And I think there's, but there's an element of understanding every level of the business, isn't there? There's an element of like, you're involved from training to family shows to kind of working camp shows at various points to doing kind of small touring shows and then ultimately up to kind of York Hall. And it's an entry point into New Japan as we've seen. And I think like, this is even before we mentioned about the possibilities with AEW. Like, and that's t- you get one or two AW people in there, and I honestly think you could sell out because there'll be a desire to see them in the flesh, like, kind of in they'll feel like kind of these other big stars who could turn up from like a major American wrestling company. Um, they've been patient, and I think what we've seen, and that this is the difference between how people are presented, there's a level of investment in wrestlers in Rev Pro that you'll see that. I don't think you see in other companies at times where like uh, that could be the issue. Um, And it's, you know, at this point they are the standard bearers. They've done like, I mean, taken so many kind of things forward in terms of looking to unionize kind of, you know, in a, when British wrestling was on its knees a couple of years ago when it was like in that awful place that it should have been. It was like, it was ref pro was the one that looking at kind of like how, how to rebuild in a proper way. And I think that they've, they've done that for the, for the, for the vast majority of it. And they're getting the deserved props and they're doing well. And 
there's at least momentum, which isn't something that's been in British wrestling for a long time. And it feels like this carries on the really positive momentum from the high stakes show. Like you mentioned, like mentioned about that, that kind of critical buzz matters for these things because people feel actually I'm going to get value for money in, in terms of a, in terms of a ticket there. And yet they're not the company that I ever see the APPG refer to. Never. Now there may be good, perfectly good reasons for that. And I don't, I'm not going to proclaim to know that. But I always find that very interesting. Like it is something that that needs to be kind of acknowledged. And, and yeah, you know, people could say that we're pro cheerleaders. That they're doing things right. That's why, and they deserve the kind of props for it. It's not. It's giving things praise when they deserve to be praised, not giving them praise simply because they exist. And that's what we get from a lot of like within wrestling in Britain, which is why you get the tone of these conversations that we have every once in a while. But you've lived a life and you didn't, you know, yeah. up in the last two years and, you know, have a complete lack of knowledge of, you know, what yeah. came before um, and, you know, the standards that were there before and the problems, you know, that were there before that are also a reason why, uh, you know. Don't go screaming gatekeeper. So Read a fucking book. It's not <laughs> art to research. You're being willfully thick. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, but yeah, no, that's it. You know, this, you know, I was also, you know, on board, you know, TNT have got like their GCW uh, shows coming up. Uh, you know they're doing a, I think a Sirens Fury this week. Their women's show. You know and you'll hear, listen to Gareth. You know to hear the the job mm-hmm. that they've done with you know uh, building up. You know the likes of uh, Lizzie Abo and uh, Alexis Falcon and the like. You know definitely feels like exciting things to an extent to happen in there again you know you, you you're saying with a pinch of salt you know i've been to to their uh you know their their afternoon shows their ignition shows and you know you're not talking mm. not talking well beaters it's a bit like that future shock show you know you go with a a lowered level of expectation and you might well you know get it get it get it met or, or exceeded by you know a couple of you know nice young wrestlers it, you know that's that's fine for it, you know for the level it is You'd like to think as well, every wrestler will take something from that experience as well. Like that's a bit, it's a big experience to do that. It's the kind of thing, even if they don't, you know, they're pursuing wrestling because they just really, they kind of love it and they're not thinking of it as being like the kind of the, the goal of and ambitions of their life, then they will have done that. And it's, it's fine. And it's kind of, it's just that I suppose you don't really, and it's going to sound a bit weird. You don't really want to put on meaningful wrestling. If you know what I mean, you do have to put on things that are moment based and you're going to get your Eric Redbeard squashing Sonna Derson and stuff like that because that fits into the aesthetic of a show like for the love of wrestling because that's what those people want to see, don't they? Or what Eric Redbeard is willing to do, you know, one of the two. <laughs> yeah, 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 true. <laughs> Point taken. Well, he wasn't going to put in like half thirty minutes. Let's go, let's go Broadway, mate. <laughs> that's what he says. Let's do an hour. Uh, I just think they, they <laughs> the Eric Redbeard we never got. <laughs> they missed a, a, a trick to not do uh, to do Braun and, uh, and Big T justice. He was in that battle royal, JP. I know he's one of your favourites. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's still not good. How's he looking? <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> he's been wrestling for about six years and he's still crap. Like, I'm sorry, he's a lovely bloke, but you know, <laughs> but he doesn't have to be good for you know the style that he. Wants no, to do. it's it's <laughs> he, he has a role and yeah. it's perf- It's perfectly fine, and it it should be like nine one one. Is he still doing the judge? Big, uh, I think judge so, justice. in some regards, yeah. But 
you know, you don't see him in many places. Um, but. I'm, I'm reasonably nostalgic for these names because obviously I've not been to as many of these shows around the sort of northwest and and well, the, Yorkshire as, as you have. But. Big Guns Joe was on the on the Future Shop show, mate. So you know you would have got to see uh, your favorite. He was teaming with Grey though. Good, you know. A good. You look. You know what? Like considering like again the level of all the wrestlers on that show. Like you know, all jokes aside, there's a reason you see his name everywhere because he is. A competent pro, you know, who's you know good yeah. at the, the gimmick that he does, you know, and uh, and messing around with uh, with bigger lads like a big T Justice and trying to get that over, you know, to the level it is. That's fine, and that's what it is. But I mean, did you enjoy it overall? You enjoyed the whole experience. Mm. Yeah, it was. It was a good time. Um, yeah, it was. You know. I was just going to say, can we please put a shout? Out to don't go to bowlers. Do not <laughs> go to bowlers. Whatever you do, don't. Like it's in an industrial estate. You're not gonna. You you're driving there. Or you're not getting there, or you're getting a cab. One <laughs> of the two. Like, or you're getting a cab to like the Trafford Centre, something like that. You're gonna do that for the day because it's it's not a great venue anyway. And it'd be oh, it's cheap, cheap for a reason. It's cheap for a reason. You need to be somewhere in the city centre. So this was what was the name of the? It's the convention. It's connected hall, isn't to it? the Liverpool Echo Arena. Well, the old Echo Arena, whatever. Yeah, it's I'm still called the Echo Arena, and it always will be that. Um, it's like Starburst Apple Fruits, never changes. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was right there. <laughs> yeah, but I can't see me and my. You'll be talking about either. marathon bars next <laughs> for that kind of talk. I can't see us messing around in uh, in uh, in bowlers or the uh, the equivalent hotel trying to uh, trying to shut no. down any wrestlers. But no, we'll get. I'll get it. I think what'll be interesting when I do that uh, top secret record I'll be doing with uh, with Matty this week. Is the you'll get his version of what he thought of Brit Res Live and his version of what he thought of some of the uh, the wrestlers that uh, that filled that, uh, that glorious show. So you know, he he, he really is. I just say it, the MNS Arena. What's happened to Liverpool? <laughs> hey, that's going to be hard to uh, Walter versus Shinsuke Nakamura. I think next week. I'm pretty sure that's uh, on the st- on the tour date. That's a that's a dream match, mate. That's uh, that might be the uh, the second mixed match in the uh, the history of Brit Rose. Come on, mate. You could uh, you could go and see that in 2016 Rev Pro, as I think I as I saw it referred to. This this would be a match I'd be well into, mm. um, but it's not. It's 26. <laughs> And it's Ghost of Walter versus um, Shinsuke Nakadosa, really, <laughs> if anything else. Because he ain't putting a fucking shift in. House shows. Mate, mania he doesn't want to turn up. Like, what do you think he's going to do on a fucking house show? <laughs> I'll tell you what. Give me some of that Kota Ibushi at the Dome vibes and I'll fucking start get, kicking into gear. Yeah, that's not happening on there as well. But <laughs> yeah, M&S Arena, like, I'm... Years. I'm doubting Liverpool's working class socialist roots to its core <laughs> now. That that's just feels like what I mean. If Everton's new ground is like named the Waitrose Stadium or something like that, then I think that will just be it. Aldi Arena, Little Arena, maybe that. Lazy be. Nakamura versus Smalta. <laughs> yeah, that's a dream match for anyone at this point. Yeah. It could that's possibly be a tile as well. Oh, I like Dave the Rave. Just as I think is always a weird kind. <laughs> Because there's a, clearly a raving-based story that, that we don't know about, or he's been to a rave and didn't like it. But hopefully, Matty will, uh, will fill us in at some point. But yeah, yeah maybe the maybe the building uh, Walter and, uh, and Nakamura for a big payoff at WWE Cardiff, mate. That's where it's headed. You know, get Tyson Fury involved uh, after the mm. weekend. You know, we bang into that. Very noticeable that straight after the boxing, he was on to that. Mm. 
I mean, I'd say it was a disappointing fight. Not that he didn't I seem to any. understand where he was where he was going to be wrestling though, because he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to SummerSlam." It's like I don't think that's that's what the show is in Cardiff. But carry on. No. <laughs> Near enough, mate. You you're like it's the one before um, mm. on that. Yeah, you look at it and you just think to yourself, like it, it, it does all seem very confusing. It seems like it's happening. I mean, he gets to cash in. Like I think he just wants to retire as an as an unbeaten heavyweight, but then it feels like obviously if there's a unification match, he'll go back in. But he's definitely going to take some time out. What was it? The fight purse was like forty odd million. I, I think he was getting like eighty percent of that. I know it was big old rows about it and, and and all the rest of it. But I mean, if he's against Drew McIntyre, I think that's a you'd like to think that's a generally awful move, isn't it? To put him in there like. With with against Drew McIntyre because a he'd have to win b it'd be terrible and I would have thought Drew McIntyre would be a focal part of a lot of it that you'd want to try and get some hot run through to him so he can challenge Reigns yeah and, and not win you know if that's the reaction you want to go for but at least kind of build something like that few you know McIntyre's a face isn't he could be wrong <laughs> I don't know I don't know. <laughs> Shocking wrestling podcast over five years, mate. Plus, we've been doing this. Couldn't tell you simple fact like that. The only baby to me is Cody Rhodes at this point, mate. He's the uh, he's the only uh, the only good one left. But we'll be there, mate. We'll be there in the uh, in the press box with the APG PVG watching uh, the three card. Won't we? Um, I was going to say briefly any that, thoughts on that. Like, so the change of events that ends up with us in the APPG <laughs> watching a WWE event. It'd be like oh, this took a turn. Oh, I mean, we talked about it on the weekend over patrons, but like, yeah, you know. Any, any extended thoughts on that? The APPG, uh, you know, cheerleading for WWE to Alex Davis Jones bringing up uh, WWE Cardiff ah. in Parliament and how it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be great for the uh, the local scene, you know. WWE can <sighs> apparently she wrote, what did she write in the uh, was it the Guardian? Uh, what website? Oh, Times wasn't it? Uh, Times, you know, yeah. That, uh, you know, British promotions can learn a lot from. WWE, you know, with their their greater, uh, you know, employments and uh, and safeguarding and uh, and the like. Yeah, attitude to unionisation, terms of paying people like a kind of a the, you know a fair sort of wage to profit ratio. Yeah, I mean they're they're clearly the best people at it. It's like Jesus Christ. I mean, do you know what it is? It's one of these things where every once in a while you see wrestling being mentioned in this context, and you pray that today will be the day that some sort of serious conversation that comes about something that doesn't make wrestling seem dumb. And then this makes wrestling seem dumb. And that's not to say there isn't, there's obvious benefits to having an event like this in Cardiff. And it's very good for business. I don't think there'll be anyone with an Airbnb hotel or a pub around. there who'll be complaining that this event exists. Um, And when they see that there won't be people kicking off, they'll be even happier about it. But at the same time, like, like given the myriad of issues, given what the APPG was kind of born out of, and I take on board really the point that you raised um, earlier in the week, the things move slow. And they're not going to move at the pace that we want them to. And that's, yeah, it's not good, but that is life. Like there's a, you know, that's how it is. It feels like when this stuff is mentioned, it just makes everything look worse. It makes wrestling look kind of silly and infantile. 
and it negates the serious things that need to be there in terms of regulation, in terms of the training school situation. You know, there's loads and loads of very, very serious things. When it comes across like this, it makes APGs, APPGs sound like what they really are, which is these are MPs' hobbies, and this is what they're interested in. And maybe they're just interested in going to a WWE show. And if that's it, if that's their thing, that's fine. But at the same time, there are all of these other things that are going on. And it's and they're not like when it comes to like employment rights, obviously I was being ironic earlier on or sarcastic, I should say, because they're awful for so many reasons that we've gone over, you know, over the years. I mean, whether it's cutting people during a pandemic and stuff like that while recording record profits. And that's a drop in the ocean compared to the other amount of terrible things there. But I saw it. Was I surprised? No. But disappointed? Yeah, because I always expect it to be like this. It's nothing. It's not like a serious question about, well, what category do we feel like it falls into? And I don't expect to, you know, this is the kind of thing that is going to ever come up in PMQs or anything else. But it doesn't suggest that there's a whole lot of seriousness going on here. And that when WWE public relations are retweeting it, then you just sort of think, well, that's what this is. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And you know, like you said, everything I was going to say, really, there, including the words I said. Uh, but like, yeah, I think for me, it is like you know, you've got to have a degree of like credit to you know people behind the scenes who are, let's be blunt, doing more than we are. Um, yeah. you know, to, to try and fix things, even if, you know, there might be other motives and there might be other things that take priority and there might be, you know, that their approach to some of this might not, you know, meet, you know, what, what we think. And, you know, there's definitely, I know I hear from plenty of people who are, you know, frustrated the APPG uh, seem to only be talking to certain promotions and certain people, you know, who mm-hmm. they're friendly with and not consulting others and you know i know of more than one person who's outright said you know i've offered my expertise and they've they've kind of uh kind of turned it down um but you know at the very least they're trying to do something to affect positive change but yeah that's it you know they have to be held to a high standard as well so you know when you yeah. see you know uh, alex davis jones and you know who's the who's the conservative bloke let's uh paul bristow isn't it, is it? paul you bristow know, yeah you know him as well let's be uh you know even handed in this and there uh, and equal in all ways you know deserves uh you know grief too but you know she was yeah, standing yeah. in in front of parliament you know grinning ear to ear about the uh you know the fact that ww was was coming to cardiff she's the one writing that uh you know that opinion piece about how, how great it all is and it's like yeah you know the top interviews as well and they are when the, yeah. the appg came about that's in what people really care about is, you know, what is actually going to come. You know, I've seen people say, you know, what, yeah. what are they actually going to do? And, you know, Will has been adamant from the start. You know, the APPG absolutely was already something that was, you know, and he'd heard, you know, talk of it being put together before speaking out. It wasn't a reaction to speaking out, although it certainly gained traction in reaction to speaking out. And it, it made up a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, what was uh, what was in the report as a result of that and became a primary factor. But, you know, and it, all an APPG is ever going to do is lobby. That's what they do. You know, they don't really do much. They're not going to outright police the schools or come up with, you know, individual bits of safeguarding you know legislation they are 
what they are, you know, and, you know, they can push for better licensing and for training schools to have some kind of standards and health and safety standards mm-hmm. and good practice and things like that. But all they can really do is cheerlead for it anyway. But yeah, it does definitely just sit wrong, you know, to hear them cheerlead WWE and, you know, be so made up with themselves that they are, you know, getting these comps to, you know, progress shows and are kind of in the inside with, you know, wrestling people you know you would like to think a better degree of uh, professionality would be uh, would be used for it all it is and, and to bring you back around to the brit rest positivity if they, they want to if you want a case study in a company that's doing things right then you need to look at rev pro like i think that's where you need to begin like and if and if that's not something that's happening then why the hell not and if this is some sort of petty bullshit it's like well get over yourselves or get out of the way really because there's a there's a whole mount, litany of things that need to be fixed and there are some very good people who are doing stuff and it just it takes time and we don't as people have patience a lot of the time because it's that's how a lot of change can end up being incremental it's annoying but that's sometimes just how life is and i think with this it, it, it it's you know there's all of these things that we kind of you want to get to the bottom of but you know is that something that is, you know, does it seem to be on their on their radar? Is it stuff that they're, you know, doing? No, it, it feels like it's squirrel, isn't it? WWE squirrel, the pay per view. Just just turn our heads and point to Cardiff. <laughs> uh, Dog from up, mate. It's all it. That's it. Uh, we'll be there, though. I'm sure, mate. Um, but yeah, um, no, we won't. <laughs> I fucking hope. <laughs> Well, moving on. Um, <laughs> did not plan on having that chat. And, yeah, okay. No. Um, <laughs> um, anywho, Britress positivity dealt with. Uh, what else we got going on, JP? Uh, what, what have we? Uh, what have we been up to? We got. Um, we got a. We got a, a great little um, f- episode of a, a film club coming up uh, this week on the. Uh, yeah. On the Patreon. So lots of uh, lots of other stuff in the uh, in the works this week, mate. Oh, we have loads of stuff in the works this week. I'll leave you to the the. the to the second part of that if you don't want to say you've already mentioned sort of top secret project you'll be doing on on wednesday we're going to be doing film club tomorrow um quite a it's a weird double bill this in some ways very good um louis theroux's weird weekends uh the wcw episode him going to nitro um, which was a very easy watch ended up doing that on on saturday because it was just like when we'd done the the week on Friday, actually, after we'd said, because on the weekend, I was like, actually, I can convince my girlfriend to watch this. So we did. Um, and it was it was great. And then it was that. And, and the Satnam Singh documentary, One in a Billion, which is available on, on Netflix as well. So I've, I've, I've also watched that, um, which oh. is well worth your time. So we're going to be going to be reviewing both of those. We've got obviously daily updates as as always, getting pithy as ever, as you might well have heard at the start of it. If it's <laughs> slow news days, then it's, it's bad. He's, he's struggling to fill up three minutes of content, let alone five. Um, yeah, very easily digestible chunks. Like, very rarely over, like, anywhere close to ten minutes, because mainly I've got to get to work. Um, but, yeah, we've got that weekend show and your special show 
Yeah, there will be a, a special coming up with uh, with Matty, where we might uh, go into uh, some more detail on the uh, on the uh, full of a wrestling uh, festival and uh, some of Matty's thoughts on uh, on wrestling in general that people can look forward to. But no, I'm yeah. looking forward to doing that uh, that film club episode. I think like I I posted like uh, a couple yeah. of clips from uh, from uh, the Louis Through Weird Weekends episode, like his uh, his all time a promo that he cuts in a, a pistol Pez Rotley. I got a lot of Amer- got a lot of Americans who we quote tweets asking to uh, where you can get the full episode. I'm not gonna direct them to the iPlayer JP. I'm not giving them the uh, the satisfaction of it, but uh, you know that is what right. you can see. Come on! Oh, I can't wait to get into that. The fucking it's such a great capsule of time. You know, just seeing Louis Theroux, yes. who's definitely you know trying to cause a little bit of trouble, and his uh, you know when he was a bit younger, he was a bit more uh, you know a bit more mischievous, trying to like you know start chats with Raven and offending him, Goldberg, Roddy Piper. You know, you got the the, the famous scene with uh, with Colonel Robert Parker being uh, offended at the idea that Luke, whether Louis Aston whether wrestling was uh... Sergeant Body Lee Parker, mate. Colonel so, Robert the one who ran off with Sensational Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, yeah, Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker. You know that he's a he's a big star, JP. You know that's why he was running the uh, the power plants. That's why he was, uh, you know, we had all that power. Yeah. Like it's it's amazing just seeing that. You know, seeing that that him and Craig Pittman are the, are the people in charge of training the next generation of wrestlers and the the train them like it's nineteen eighty five and the boot and it's a boot camp. You know, and they get them to cut cut like Ultimate Warrior esque. You know, shouty promos as the camera in the era yeah. of the NWO and Kevin Nash and Stone Cold Steve Austin and yeah. uh, people like that. You know, obviously Louis's none the wiser, but oh, I can't wait to uh, to get into all of that. And the and the Satnam Singh documentary as well. You know, I haven't uh, I haven't quite finished that yet, but he, he, for 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 his faults comes across as a nice lad. You know, feels like everyone oh. around him is enabling him and making him and making him think he's got any chance at all at making it in in professional sports. But he's a lovely lad. Is uh, is my uh, he is. is my take on the the first part of that so far. He's not a heel. No. I'll put it. I'll throw that out. That was good. My one big takeaways. Like, how do you watch this? Look at this bloke and go heel monster heel. That's what that's what radiates <laughs> through this man. This gentle <laughs> giant. Um, I feel like, but then El Gigante came across as a very nice bloke, didn't he? Mm. In his in his WCW run. And and that didn't really go necessarily great. So I expect him to get signed at uh, for for WWE as soon as he becomes completely available there as well. But yeah, a couple of great. I'm really looking forward to to particularly the the Louis Theroux because have we not it's, done it's that also already? time and place have for those of you who are fans it? of Louis. I I don't know. Like it does seem strange that we've gone this far without mm. going um going into it but i it, it's also time and place for like where louis theroux was mm. i'm not i'm gonna save those thoughts for tomorrow but like it, it's it's one of those things where i think we're gonna get there's gonna be so much stuff that we end up going into and getting kind of sidetracked on but yeah look, really looking forward to it yeah it'll be a good time so yeah we'll talk that we'll talk sat and sing yeah i'll i'll show to do it i'll uh, compare my notes from when i was wrestling training compared to what it's like to, uh, to train at the power plant <laughs> nothing dissimilar in some ways but uh, definitely a different standard uh, in both good and bad ways but yeah we'll be uh, we'll be talking that one as well the, the, the other plug we're going to do is and Gareth will shout us if we don't uh, grappleapp.com slash support or the grapple big cartel yes. head over there and get yourself for, uh, a fine new item JP yeah you can get yourself um, a, a grapple CM Punk hoodie am I allowed to say that track like, jacket it feels like I might all track jacket Yep. Yes, which is fantastic. Mm. Uh, it comes in slim and standard sizes, which I must say, I 
I looked at it, I was like, this is double-edged sword. So whether or not you take the Matty Edwards approach and just go with one of each, really. <laughs> I, I feel like that's... that's what what would he do in that me. situation? <laughs> <laughs> He's getting four because he needs to get two different sizes, but also two different, um, like, literally the sizes and whether it's going to be um, slim or standard as well. I think he needs at least four. <laughs> and if they turn up on eBay, who's to say what's right and wrong uh, in, in that case? So... Um, so yeah, it's brilliant. So yes, if you go grapplelap.com forward slash support, uh, grapple.bigcartel.com as well, and download the app from Google Play and um, the Apple Store if Apple phones are your thing, I spent, which, which haven't been in my life for a few years. I spent Not yours my, ever, I don't think. I spent my life wanting one of those uh, CM Punk track jackets. So yeah, it's very much in the uh, in the style mm-hmm. of uh, the jacket that uh, that CM Punk wore when he came out for the dog collar match with uh, with CM Punk that confused many a uh, WWE fan out there. But yeah, it's the uh, it's the black with the white stripe and a little grapple logo. Like yeah, I've always wanted one, so uh, I'm hoping uh, Garrett's gonna gonna drop a freebie off. But if not, I go to uh, to grappleapp.com support and uh, slash support and and buy myself one because it is uh, it is that good. So yeah, definitely. Uh, check that out as well as uh, I'll be too afraid to break into grapple towers in a minute mate you're walking into a potential hornet's nest given current circumstances <laughs> that's a, it's a dangerous dangerous place to yeah just to live after the uh, after the derby results at the uh, the weekend <laughs> which is uh, yeah still paining me now um, but yeah the Robinson points I got on my fancy football team helped a little bit but don't tell Sarah I said that um, arise sir Andy it's an awful time right now. It is. It is. Just ask any of my family. But uh, <laughs> moving on from there. And so, yeah, I suppose we should talk. The week's uh, wrestling over the last week, JP. Got a couple of mm. better news notes and, uh, and such that we can uh, we can get into uh, as we go. But uh, what do you want to start with first, mate? What should we uh, What should we talk about? I reckon start about re- let's start with Rebellion. Okay. Just to, just to change it up. What do you reckon? Throwing it out there, okay. <laughs> forcing Brit Res positivity and now forcing the DNA impact talk. It's the uh, wow. it's JP Crapple. It's the pattern. <laughs> I'd be forcing MLW onto you if I could, if there was any on this week, which there wasn't. So. I don't know how uh, I'll put I'll not say that. I think I will be uh, relatively positive about uh, Rebellion. Go on, we can talk about that first before we get into the uh, the AW week. Um, yeah, I just finished uh, watching it then. I know when we uh, when we jumped on the call, I could hear uh, Moose's theme music going, so I think you've uh, you've yeah. just uh, squeezed it as well. It, to be honest, it was a story of like a you know, all of the impact shows, you know, over the, uh, yeah. the last while, these big, big shows, like there's some fat on there. I'd trim, you know, I think if you, you take away the four hour tag gauntlet and the similarly oh long feeling knockouts match that was in the, uh, semi main event position for some reason. And has got all of like a two star average on grapple right now for the 25 odd minutes. They fucking got like, you take those two matches away. And you got a fucking cracking ninety-minute show here. You know the main event mm-hmm. was was wonderful. We'll probably end up starting there. You know, I had a, a great time with a couple of the undercar matches. Both of the uh, the three-way matches were were strong. Yeah, there was just that unfortunate hour in the middle. So, you know, if you if you're out there and you haven't seen it yet, liberal use of the skip button. Be done in what 70, 80 minutes, maybe ninety to push, and yeah, get yourself a cracking little show, JP. That's not always been the way with uh, TNA slash Impact pay-per-views in the past. It's quite often they've been one-match shows. And really, especially over this year, they become sort of there's three or four matches that always feel like they're worth going out of your way to watch. I would also say as well, there's not like stuff that's like kind of really bad. 
really if you're going back into sort of classic tna impact there's stuff in there that's horrific should never have seen the light of light of day and it's something that you may it really is built on the idea of something you made reference to which is all these various sort of cuts and people you know the people leaving ring of honor and various things like that have created opportunities for them to improve their mid card and they i think what they're good at for the most part is picking people who they go, we kind of want these people to be the, the the kind of cornerstones of our scene. And I can often see the decision-making process behind them and why they would do that. So like, I know a lot of people don't like Moose, but I see the reasons why they go with Moose. Josh Alexander feels like one as well. Like I would suggest that Trey Miguel and um, Ace Austin will be up around that main event scene. Mike Bailey kind of really should be as as well but they've you know they've built up people who i think like and and like steve macklin would be a case in point as well not somebody who's ever really been on my radar and you know you might well have liked the saban macklin jay white match more than me but he's someone who has just sort of become a figure in impact at this point in time and if you think of where they were not that long ago we had like skits with Johnny Swinger and stuff like that. And that's really not very long ago, like less than a year. And it feels like there's been a notable upgrade. I think tonally it's less daft, like in terms of really like dumb shit happening and starting it all off as well. I just want to say the commentary team, Hmm. like it is, this is the best incarnation of an impact commentary team they've had in quite a lot. Like really, if we're going to be honest, talking like sort of Tanae, and I'll say Tanayan West or Tanayan Taz, if you want to go back that far. I think that th- this is the best of their, their commentary team because I think Hannifin has the research he does going into this, like completely au fait with like dropping in lots of facts there the whole time. I didn't think Matt Raywall would be somebody who I think is, you know, I would kind of like, but I thought we did a good job on the New Japan show with Kevin Kelly. I think he does a good job here. He plays more of a heel here. I as was, well, but yeah, I was listening mm. to him going, "Do I like him or don't I?" Like I was trying to work it out through the show, like, and I think I might. <laughs> like I'm, I'm reflecting, mm. don't want to, because he's you know drama king Matt, and he's you know got the daft voice and stuff. But even the voice kind of adds a bit of weight to the commentary. Like I'm, I am a bit iffy on like you know him towing the heel line. Although you know the, the two of them have got chemistry, haven't they? So it it's not quite gorilla. They don't give each other shit. Which is yeah. they do which a little good, bit, yeah. but you know they try and yeah. pick, they pick the spots. I suppose you know more. more um, he's act. He's fine. I, I wouldn't be doing you know somersaults about his commentary, but he's fine. And you you mm. you, you team him there with uh, with Hanafan or whatever his uh, his name is these days and. You've got a perfectly comfortable, like that's the thing right now. If you're an American, you know wrestling, you're not struggling to find a good commentator. You know Dave Prezak's not doing anything. Lenny Leonard's not doing anything. You know AEW have snapped mm. up Excalibur and uh, the old men of uh, of wrestling commentary. But like you know, you've got people like this out there as well. It's like there's no reason to have a match striker on your show anymore. You know, I think we've uh, we've yeah. evolved past the need at this point. I think we have. And I think even if you go to like a Rich Bikini on MLW, I think yeah. he's, he's perfectly fine as well. And it means a lot. It means a lot to have that because it, it's the thing that, that Hannifin does that Matt Stryker never could. Matt Stryker, everything was just like, it was, everything was so steeped in melodrama. Everything he said, it just drove you nuts after a while. Everything was massive and catastrophic and it just did your fucking head in. 
And I think here it is a case where, like, it is a um, – they've found them, like, with Hannifin in there, somebody there who's who's motivated to do a good job, knows how to call wrestling, like the turn of voice and everything else, but weirdly doesn't sound like he's overproduced or anything else like that. He feels like he's – this is just what he does. He's like a very good professional wrestling commentator, and his job isn't to overshine things, and he doesn't. And – you know, I know we're banging on about the commentary before going into the actual wrestling, but this stuff means like a lot. There's things about the presentation and everything else like that. It wasn't a big crowd there, for example, but the fact that it looks kind of packed and they're making noise at you know at some of the right places. I think there's a general level of presentation that's pretty good. So, like I, I honestly to God, I look at I look at this and I think it's a really good um like I they've got themselves into much better shape than they have done for, for quite some time. Yep, definitely. And, you know, you can tell that up and, up and down the card. And to be honest, like, it's most notable in the main events. Like, I am, you know, mm. been resistant to praise Moose, you know. Um, obviously, you know, mm. there's really, like you said, you touched on before, there's reason people aren't fans of Moose because of, you know, things yeah. in the past and, you know, whether, you know, He's someone who, at this point, you know, you're willing to, to to watch, you know, after 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 this time, and you know, after you know, whatever consequences he uh, he faced in the past, that's entirely up to you know individuals. There's a reason he's in Impact, you know. There's a reason is he's never been yeah. touched with a barge pole by WWE. You know, there's a reason he's unlikely to ever get a a proper you know AW run or anything like that. This is kind of his level for a reason, and it's probably punishment in itself as well. But he's been very good. You know, for, for yes. what he's been asked to do. Um, I, you know, I've watched, you know, three or four of these pay per views over the probably the last six months or so now, and he's carry he he has been carrying the top of that card. You know, I I wanted to piss myself laughing at the idea that I would enjoy Moose and Big Cass. You know, on that last one. And I did, you know, I had a good time. I don't, I still, yeah. I'm resistant to call it a good match, but it was enjoyable. You know, like it was one of those types of things. You know, big lots, hitting big moves and and the like, and that's kind of you know all it needed to be. But as far as like carrying the gravitas of being, you know, of all things, Impact World Champion, he has been carrying it. And this match, unlike that last one, you know, that I almost enjoyed ironically, this was just a proper good belts and braces you know above four stars probably 4.25 stars which is high for impact Mm -hmm. i think you know proper main event with a you know a heel who is you know the 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 incumbent champion and you know there is there was the uh the daft angle you know on the uh the last time uh these two met and such that they played up in the uh in the video package and you know that that played into it too but moose worked really well as like as that and then josh alexander is like you know this guy you know this hard-working family man who's like the underdog baby face in the match he worked really well as that as well and like you know it was hard hitting you know it was weighty it felt like the big near falls meant something and people were buying into them it felt like a big match and that's the thing about you know moose's top matches at this level and in impact they they have felt like you know, big matches when he's when he's been there and, and been on top, and yeah, it was. You know, we're always raving about Josh Alexander, and we're always talking about you know other things he could do and other promotions he could be in. But you know, being Impact World Champion, I think he's gonna have a you know a good run with the belt, and you, know, you can't think of a, a better person in the company right now to do that with because like that scene, both 
you know, at the, at the impact almost doesn't deserve, you know, the, a seed as pure as the start of this match. And Josh Alexander comes out with his, you know, his little kid oh. who's dressed exactly like him in the, you know, the silly amateur wrestling gear and the uh, and the Rick Steiner, you know, uh, headpiece. Like, and then at the end, you know, celebrating with him, it was like, it was genuinely nice. Like, I, I don't think it's wrestling fans we deserve, you know, a moment as, as nice as that to happen. But like, you know, you can't help but watch it and, you know, pull for the guy and, you know, it was paying off the, you know, getting beaten up in front of his, you know, his wife and son by, uh, by Moose. And, you know, that was like the, the catalyst to all this and that, that daft kind of, you know, um, 30 second, you know, where, uh, where Josh Salander seemed to be on top, on top of impact and, you know, a bit of a, a long winded way mm. to get around to him being the guy now, but it really worked. And yeah, it was, it was a lovely sight. It genuinely was. Yeah, it really was. I agree with a lot of those thoughts. I mean, this was kind of what you want of a big dramatic American pay-per-view main event. And it had a lot of those things. I thought actually one of the things that really worked well in its favor was there was a great near fall after he hits um, the first, what's the double underhook pile driver that he hits. And then um, mm. Moose gets his foot on the rope. And I thought, yeah, JJ, yeah it, was, it, it was a great um, like kind of near fall spot that I thought worked. And the thing about Moose matches is, like they're very well structured and he appears to be very kind of like moldable for that. And and Josh Alexander can fit into this because he's got enough size and a like kind of frame on him that he, he looks credible up against Moose as well. This isn't like just picking like your, what you might think of as like some small indie darling or something like that and putting them over the big monster. It kind of works and it feels like it's something you can go back to as well. And obviously we were massively critical of when they had made the decision, like the way they took it away from Alexander to go to this. Now, I don't know if the contract stuff played into that now, because there's a thing where he's only just kind of re-signed. I'm hoping there's some New Japan work in there for him as well. He was obviously on the Windy City Riot on the undercard. He's been on New Japan strong as well. He feels like a natural fit. He's a fresh face rather than an ex-WWE guy or someone like that ending up in, in New Japan. I think he could really do some some really good stuff and his body of work is really good in impact and like you say like the imp like for those who aren't watching it like moose main events you might think oh it's ridiculous but they they know how to structure these like it appears to be like scott demore gets that and you know you let moose moose can spam his big moves but he also like some of the stuff he does is, is genuinely impressive and i thought him and alexander are really good chemistry throughout i mean admittedly i only just saw it before we started recording but i remember when i finished that off it was like that oh, was really good fun it was like a really good fun pay-per-view main event with completely the right finish and the right amount of time from celebrating the ring it told this kind of story arc which is really about kind of like humanizing josh matthew uh, josh alexander's josh matthew's freudian slip um <laughs> jo- josh alexander and i think it worked it felt like it mattered. It felt big time. It felt yeah. like, you know, and yeah, there was that weirdness when Josh Alexander was out of contract with Impact and we didn't know really what, what was going on with him. But, you know, he's not someone who I immediately want to see in AW right now. Probably want to see more of him in New Japan, you know, with him doing the the New Japan yeah. US stuff. But, you know, if he, if he is going to be pushed to this level and be the top guy, then great. You know, this is a as good a spot as yeah. any for him. And, yeah, I thought it was a, a dead good way to end, end the night. There was lots of the great moments in the match as well. Like Josh Alexander, you know, pull out like the stars clash and, you know, obviously he always does the ankle lock anyway, but yeah. you know, maybe leading a little bit into uh, into TNA's past as well. You know, he's the guy for right now, you know, to the level that they are. 
perfect perfect fit to be the the top baby face and yeah absolutely filled the role of the night if you can get if you can have your top baby face having like generally some of the best matches of the night then it, in your main events then there's no issue with that and there's a whole load of interesting people for him to work up against a couple of whom we'll, we'll get into in a bit oh, but it, it's 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 very it, it's fresh on that front and you know an impact impact don't mind going to doing kind of like face versus face matches on the reg they're fine with that stuff it's a it, it definitely makes it an intriguing intriguing kind of landscape but that's not to negate the work they did with moose of making this last title reign this moose title reign substantial as well and it'll be a good thing if they can go from one substantial title reign to another and they've been better about that kind of stuff in fairness over the, the last couple of years in particular that tna stuff that they would do in the past like we, we appear to have got gotten away from that and they've got this they've got their stability and alexander is just feels like the definition of a good stable world champion that you'd want in your promotion it was the year to the day today i think apparently kenny omega won the uh the impact title from uh from christine cage you know um so all the way around i can't remember but uh you know yeah, it was yeah, Christian Cage, yeah. Around, it? yeah. The great yeah, Christian Cage comes in, he fixes your title scene. That's uh, that's how it goes. But no, like I, I, I enjoyed that. And the other thing I really loved on the show, the X Division match. Um Trey Miguelly, oh, yeah. and Mike Bailey. That was so much fun. Like I'm looking at big grapple rate and I gave it three and three quarters, the Benno special. You know, maybe I should stop being a coward and give it four, but it was almost popcorn wrestling. Like it was what it was. It was a big moves match, really. But like, what stood out about it, it was the creativity in there. It was the, I mean, really, yeah. I, said, I should just credit Mike Bailey because having people Mike Bailey in a match automatically wow. adds half a star for me, or maybe even a, a full star because you know a lot of those like clever counters where you know it was the the three of them, you know, all hitting dives, or you know, the three of them, you know. Bailey jumping on like Trey's back, you know, as he hits a German suplex on Ace, and you know the. You know, doing like the the double knee spots that he constantly does. You know, yes, those of us who've seen him live, you know, can uh, can get sick of that, but you know, find little creative ways to to get into those spots and to to use the ring and to get into those positions. It was full of that, and it was like you know, dull three way X division matches. You know, you can get them a plenty on the undercard of a GCW show, or to be honest, the undercard of Impact shows sometimes. But this for me felt fresh, and it was just it was probably just that combination of guys in there, Speedball being in there, looking as motivated as he has. You know, especially that, you know over that WrestleMania period, mm. and for for most of this year with him, you know, being allowed to to work in America again. And yeah, can't say enough good things about the man. Absolutely love watching him as a wrestler. And this was maybe not the best match on the show, but probably my favorite. Yeah, I went four stars on this. Um, I, I was going to go three and three quarters, which I kind of thought, because I thought to myself, it, it, like you say, it's popcorn wrestling, but it was fucking good popcorn. So like at the same time, it was it was enjoyable popcorn. It just wasn't like kind of sustenance and lots of like, it, it delivered all of the things that it needed to do. And I know we spoke on the weekend show, like my reservation about putting on the pre-show, which is kind of more like, this stuff is a bit more special than being on a pre-show. I get the idea of why you would do that, but you can't offer that on the main show once you've got it on the pre-show. So are you going to let people down for it? Like these three have been sort of staples of like kind of a lot of good sort of recent pay-per-views as well. I mean, Bailey, God, the runner for me is on is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, just, I was thinking of that spot where he did the moonsault, the knees onto the back of Ace Austin and then gets up on the apron as, like Trey Miguel does the Horikarana and the rest of it. it was just like kind of crazy car crash shit 
but it was all the more enjoyable for it. Um, in terms of like my thoughts is they've been high on Trey Miguel for quite some time. I wondered whether or not taking the X Division title off him is them saying that they're going to be pushing him more into the kind of main event scene and, and the heavyweight title scene, which I wouldn't be surprised because I think as much as anything, it would be like a reward for loyalty. But I also think the same thing should be happening with Ace Austin. And I kind of would have had, would have Bailey as X Division champion. And maybe they're going to have Bailey go over Austin at like the next pay-per-view. That might be like the way they go. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. But Ace Austin to me is someone who you just think there's a lot to work with here. And like he's, he's obviously, he's, he's a lot younger than the other guys there. But there's something about him to me where I just sort of look at him and I go, my God, he's, he's good and he's got something. I mean, the card bullshit be damned. You, cares about that but there's a kind of freshness and energy to him and he like I think you said when you saw him wrestle was he was at TNT wasn't he and he looked he looked like a star like he looked like somebody carried himself like a professional wrestler and yeah, yeah I've god I enjoyed this yeah so for just a just a, the perfect kind of like X Division match you want um but what one that stuck out for me though that I thought was extremely weird was the three-way with Jay White, Chris Sabin, and and Steve Macklin? Like, mm. who is like who's Jay White annoyed? I mean, like, surely he should be winning this match. Like, what's Steve Macklin doing going over here when when Jay White is supposedly you know the the centerpiece of you know AEW's upcoming New Japan AEW time? Do, do, do New Japan not do politics anymore? Like, how many times did like Ring of Honor struggle to to have their guys lose matches? Like, why why is it all of a sudden just a given? Like, it's like you know you got you got that happening. You've got like you know. Ishii losing on Rampage, you know, you've got, I suppose he went over here on this show, but yeah, yeah, there's nobody looking out for Jay White anymore because I, I felt like, like I was, I enjoyed the match and I enjoyed, you know, seeing him again and seeing him here in Impact, but it's kind of like, as Andy said in the chat there, you, you are asking, one, why is he there and two, if he is there, why is he such a non-factor? It seems like when it comes to yeah. I suppose at least the match results. I know he is all over the shows with the the Bullet Club story and stuff, but it's not like he's the tippy top guy or protected like he should be. Like you know, he, his shoulders were pinned to the map. Where, was it Saban on Impact this week as well? Like, mm-hmm. God. Yeah, I can't get head and a tail of this. It feels weird for Jay White appearing in like you know the biggest interpromotional pay per view since the invasion pay-per-view and yet here he is at that weekend effectively in the match designed to put Steve Macklin over I mean at least like, he wasn't you know, the one pinned but still like, true you know. but it is but that match by the end of it what do you come away with thinking not about Jay White in any way shape or form it's yeah. the idea of like oh they're, they're really keen on, on Steve Macklin and this Punisher look he's going for on there um it felt it was it was weird. It's not like I say it's not that like it's a bad match or anything else, but I found myself the whole way through that the Jay White thing was somewhat of a distraction. Of like, why is he here? Why is he in this match? Like, why is he in just in? A, a, I know that there's they they've had a story and, and various other things like kind of building up with him and Sabin as part of the Motor City Machine Gun stuff, but ultimately this is kind of throwaway stuff. It's very inconsequential. There's no reason. It feels like they've got use for him on these certain amount of dates but is he going to be there for much longer because then if you remove him from impact what do you lose what's taken away it's not like this was full of like loads of bullet club stuff on here i mean it looks like gallows and anderson are off out anyway so it, it would feel to me like 
I don't know. Either shit or get off, get off the pot in terms of booking Jay White. Either book him properly. You kind of don't book him at all because it is, it is a waste. It's like a very clear waste of, of talent and talent who means something to a partner company who, you know, they're playing with fire here in some ways, given their Okada treatment and other stuff in the past and having, I just, was it Kevin Nash defeat fucking Naito and Yujiro <laughs> by himself? Like, oh, we're a long way from level, that. Are we? like, you know, I mean, no, we're not it's that more, level. I don't even, I don't judge impact. I just judge, it's more that New Japan aren't protecting him. Like, I just feel like there's some mm. smoke to that fire. You know, the fact that, you know, um, it's we heard rumor of Gajans being unhappy in, in Japan, and then you know you have um, you know Jay White and Dave Finley and you know that that little um, crew with uh, what's his name um, Juice Robinson yeah Juice Robinson I was about to say C J Parker then Juice Robinson who's you know he's come out and said you know he's lost his love of wrestling and he's not going to be resigned with New Japan I just wonder if like there's some sour grapes with just that crew in general and you know how they were mm. treated in COVID with New Japan but I mean I suppose you know Jay was still the centrepiece of you know the AEW New Japan announcements on AEW even if even over there he was kind of defined down as like you know a guy who debuted off screen and then had a rampage match you know <laughs> like this yeah I don't know it just it doesn't all add up really and yeah, you would think you know this imagine how much more it would have meant if you hadn't had that Trent Barrett a few Totally, totally. Like this was the guy who was supposed to be like the crown jewel of you know uh, of New Japan going forward. I just mm-hmm. found it odd. Um, but yeah, as a there match, it was fine. You know, and I, yeah, I get you know from the impact point of view, I get it. You know, you want to you know, they're going with this push of Steve Macklin, who's you know solid enough hand type of guy that you know mm-hmm. impact can uh, can rely on there. But yeah, just strange when you look at the uh, the wider landscape. But yeah, um, but that was a fine match. Ishi and Jonah. Probably Ishii's best match of the week, but I think that's damning with faint praise because I didn't think much that of is. the Adam Cole match to be honest on uh, on Rampage when yeah. we uh, when we get to that. But you know, this was another you know three point two, maybe three and a half star kind of Ishii on holiday match. You know, it was uh, there were some <laughs> fun moments in the match. Ishii in America, yeah, yeah, Ishii in America, Ishii in Impact. To be honest, when he's in uh, when he's in New Japan, he, he does seem to get his working boots on, and some sometimes in uh, in AEW, and, and that's it with with Ishii though. The other thing is, you know, his floor's pretty high. So even when you know it's a B level Ishii performance, it's still you know best than a lot of wrestlers. You know, I'm saying this was a three and a half star match. It wasn't a bad match, and. There were memorable good moments in there, you know, Ishii struggling to to jam and Jonah, and you know, using the uh, yeah. the ropes for leverage, and you know, fighting from underneath against the uh, the much much bigger man. But I don't know if it really got past like their gear. It was at a you know three and a half star kind of ceiling on this one. Yeah, I mean, I was three point two five. I, th- I thought it was fine. I just it was an Ishii in America match. Like like you said, there was a very much a clear ceiling to it, but it, it entertains. I was just surprised he went over. I suppose. Um, but it then made me think, is is Jonah going to be going to New Japan soon? Because that's something that's been highly touted and he's been on New Japan strong. And I think they're going to be, to be honest, if I'm going to guess, I'm going to, they're going to bring him in as part of like TMDK as mm. a stable, which I'm fine with. Like I like Shane Haste and Mikey Nichols. So I'm like fine with that in every sense of the word. Um, I think he's, he's one of those people who I have to say with Jonah, watching him here and remembering how we saw him when he first came over, like um, it was it, uh, as Jonah Rock, he's come a long way. 
just in terms of how he carries himself in the ring, I think. I don't think, like, I think, he is, I don't think he's any better. You don't think he has? <laughs> I think he's exactly the same. I think he's better. <laughs> I think he maybe like, carries himself better. I think I, 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 he carries himself better. I can he's see that bigger. Point. I would argue that that is a thing. He's carrying a lot of bulk, which then made the brain buster spectacular, I suppose, that, mm. that Ishii did. But at the same time, like he's a he's very, very big. Like to the point where, like, you go, okay, like he's he's packed on some serious pounds, but yeah, I, I mean, this is this is middle of the card fodder that when you've got a relationship with New Japan, you can do this. Ishii's in the country, put it on there. It adds a. It's not that it, it doesn't detract from a pay per view mm. in any way, but it's not the stuff that's really going to kind of add to it. But mm. for us, we'll look at it and go, ah, yeah, that was perfectly fine. Just interesting, you've got this relationship, and they they can do that, yeah. and they can just. If anything, like I almost think, and that's what I take when we get into rampage. Like, so it's almost like, I don't know, you got an AW versus New Japan show coming up. Ishi matches, big singles matches should be special. Like, you should, you should get like as far as like the 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 New Japan guys who are over with Western audiences, like him and Suzuki are kind of top of that list. And maybe they're not the most important wrestlers in Japan, but you know, you I don't know. I feel like it should be a bit more special than just doing a little, you know, as as good as it is for Impact, a little. Uh, Impact TV run, but no one Jonah, like, yeah, I can't share any optimism really. I just think he is, he's bigger. That's it. <laughs> That's, That's it. You know, I don't he's know if bigger, compliments. The end. Like, he's bigger. Yeah. Mm. Um, um, yeah, I suppose, you know, like I say, his looks a bit better and he carries himself a bit better, but no, I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think I've seen a Jonah match go above three and a half stars. So, you know, this was the, yeah. the, possibly the worst of Ishii and the best of Jonah, which I don't think is, uh, <laughs> again, much uh, much praise, but. No, did did anything else on the uh, on the show um, stand out to you? As we uh, we buried that uh, that tag goal. <laughs> like, I'll be honest, I got a liberal, liberal use of the skip button once we got about ten yeah. minutes into that because it felt like it was literally never going to end. Did the FBI turn up at any point at least? Because I didn't catch them if they did. I don't know. I was skipping through it. <laughs> and I saw one of us design one. I went, uh, I looked at the time. Went, how fucking long? No. Like, no, and I saw involved and went, absolutely not. It was a good way to make There's the show an hour shorter. Just skip through this. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't believe the FBI did show up. I was the leap in the, 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 when I was watching it, and I was like, and it just finished, I think, the Jonah match. And I was like, how long's fucking left? How many matches is it? It's like, Christ, I must be going some serious distance. Mm. And they did. If there is a criticism, it's the timing, probably. Mm. There's stuff they could perhaps give them a little bit more time off and cut away. From certainly this tag match and and the semi main as well, like you know, you could cut back that that time on there, but this felt like a reason for just getting everyone kind of on the card. Which what I liked about this card, kind of I suppose up to that point, is is the kind of brevity in it. Like it wasn't one of those ones. We start off with an Ultimate X match, and it's just like you've got the big long clusters and other stuff like that. You're not having that type of stuff. And I think that's really good. Like I think that's something that I particularly like. Yeah, I, you know, and that you know, it was a get everyone on the card match that tag match. So I understand why that was there. Tasha Steels and Rosemary, like I, I'm, I've just gone to cage match just to double check. Yes, our rivals cage match. Sorry, Gareth, um, but like they, you know, I, that match felt like it lasted half an hour. Apparently, it went twelve minutes. I feel like that's got to be a mistake because it was fucking terrible. <laughs> like, like I just yeah. Rosemary's just outside of the gimmick. I just don't think she's got anything to offer. Tasha Steeles has <laughs> done better matches than this than alive. I don't know. It just felt maybe they killed the crowd with the you know the length of that uh, of the time. Yeah, I think uh, so. To give them some credit, but 
it was an especially weak semi-main. Like it just it it didn't the Diana Parazzo um match earlier in the card kind of offered far more from this if you wanted like a prestige women's match on the show um here in Tyre Valkyrie and she was in there bloody Tyre Valkyries, you know, not exactly, you know, a well beater herself. Like yeah, that was far the better of the uh, the two knockout matches on the show, I would say. And you know, again, that's Dammo with faint praise because I don't think that was a match that you go higher than three stars on. No, I went two and a half on it. I mean, I think there's a thing with Tyre Valkyrie. There's an absolute limitation. Oh, it's only so much Diana can ring. do. <laughs> there's only so much Diana can do, and I think that's one of the issues actually is for Diana Parazzo. She kind of needs a new challenge. Mm. I'm going to be honest. She needs to be kind of somewhere else up against different, better people. You'll be honest about it. People who she's going to get better at working against and improving against, because I think there's a very much a limit to this. Tasha Steeles, I look at as a, as, a, as a project person, mm. but someone who they've identified kind of early on. They want to go with. They've got this act with Savannah Evans. They like it. Uh, I, I can understand why they do it. The issue is going to be in terms of that in ring stuff. Rosemary's there because she's Rosemary, and they always have to have Rosemary on the show. And yeah, it, it was it, it was it was all very contrived. I just found myself like during that when I like you know I'd skipped through the the tag the tag match like at points because I started to get angry to be honest because it was so long, and this one it did it dragged, and yeah, like I said, the Diana Pratt so Ty of Alky when I went two and a half stars on that, but yeah. Just, I didn't watch the pre-show match, which was the was it the Iconics versus the Inspiration or whatever. I know the Inspiration versus the Influence. I don't know anymore. I think the Iconics and the Inspiration are the same thing. It's I think Garrett's even I'm sh- putting on the app, so I couldn't tell you in the star rating for that one. We'll assume it was shit until proven <laughs> otherwise. Oh, but it's one of those cards where, to be fair, the grapple app is, is a good guide. You know, the main event's mm. trending on four stars. three point nine. I just put me 4.25 in and took it from a 3.98 to a 3.99. So almost good. dead on four stars for that main event. You know, the three-way with uh, with Trey Miguel, Ace Austin, and Mike Bailey with Raven Maltz on an average of 3.83. You know, that's even higher than my rating of 3.75. You know, the uh, Jonah Ishii match is trending on 3.44. So is the other three-way. It's mm. uh, on 3.48. If you pick and choose, you get a ni- good ninety minutes of action. It's it's an, if anything, it's a fun promotion to kind of check in on every now and then. We're not watching Impact yeah. every week, are we? But you know, tune in to these pay per views. You know, with exceptions like we pointed out there, they almost always deliver. They do, and I, you know, the next special is called Under Siege. Is it Under Siege? I got very confused. Yeah, the next pay per view Slammiversary, but the next Impact Plus special is Under Siege. Under Siege, which. It's called, yeah, I know. That's what immediately what I thought. We need to play that game, JP, where I was going to uh, bring up 80s action movies and uh, mid-2000s ROH DVD titles and try and get you to guess which is which. Maybe I'll include some TNA movies and no, you know. It should be. Well. <laughs> that could be in there. Ring, Ring of Honor Under Siege <laughs> being held where? where? Where would it be? Oh, Murphy bro, Rec Centre? Philadelphia National Guard Armory or something like that. Yeah, Murphy Rec Centre. Yeah. <laughs> the New A Wisconsin York special. <laughs> Chicago um, Ridge. Yeah, it's it is, um, you know, yeah, very, very, very weird. Sorry, I completely lost my train of thought there when you said Chicago Ridge. I don't know why (laughs) that was. I started thinking of a Clint Eastwood film. I think I saw about some was Andrew Garfield in the army, something Ridge. Oh, okay. I might be going a bit mad. 
Sorry. I only ever saw the venue at Chicago Ridge, uh, but I did see a great uh, CM Punk and, uh, and Jimmy Rave match uh, there once. And the, mm. the Austin Ace, the Mojo rematch. Oh, and the, you know, that Dragon Gate six man that Meltzer gave five stars, just the, uh, the small matter of that. Speaking of wrestling, small matter of that. Weekends, you know. And you've obviously, uh, you know, I don't know if people are aware of this, you saw um, Kenta Kamashi versus Samoa Joe live. <laughs> Speaking of which, oh, we some uh, Samoa Joe related content wow. coming to the, uh, <laughs> the Patreon soon. Uh, Hacksaw Ridge, that's Hacksaw Ridge, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, I think that kind of sums up uh, impact. Yeah, fun, uh, fun little pay per view. But yeah, if we're going to get into the uh, the AW uh, stuff from the uh, mm. the last week, JP only the only the two shows this week. No, uh, no battle of the belts this uh, this time to uh, to chat about. But yeah, uh, a couple of fun episodes of uh, of TV. Um, a time of recording, I believe the uh, the rampage uh, rating is uh, is coming again. I mean, we are in that period where you know basically. Everything um, is being hit, um, as it were, by by the you know the is, is it yeah. the NBA going on right now? Um, there's a yeah, it's of, the playoffs. Yeah, there's a lot a lot of people being uh, being pulled away. You know, SmackDown did just under two million rampage to the five hundred eighteen thousand, which is kind of within the range of uh, where it's been over the last mm. while. You know, Dynamite we talked about it on the weekend show did just uh, just under the million again, again. You know, with the uh, the NBA playoffs dominating uh, TV over the last week or so. But you know, aside from the numbers. Numbers, the quality of the shows has continued to be very fucking good, you know. Plenty, you know, mm-hmm. newsworthy shows as well, you know, with the AEW and uh, a New Japan announcement coming on uh, on this edition of uh, Dynamite as well. Um, yeah, it's been a, a fun all week to, uh, to be an AEW fan. Yeah, I, at times I recognise that we're very much spoiled mm. with Dynamite, really, aren't, aren't we? Like, as as kind of like uh, at the risk of uh, um, having the Forbes man, whatever that dickhead is called, kind of <laughs> kicking off. Does he really like the football? way they cater to long, the way they cater to long-term wrestling fans like ourselves is something that actually is, is, is quite incredible for the stuff that we get, the amount of matches, the amount of actions. Oh, by the way, here's a, AEW New Japan pay-per-view that we're going to sort of throw in the announcement halfway through in the weirdest way possible as well, actually, by the way. Like, they should have just done the announcement and then shaking hands as the physical. Tony Khan being being forced to act and be all shot like, oh, is someone coming Ah. out? Oh, what's what's that music? I don't recognise that. You run the company. And then, like, like, Jay White out out there, like, in person for some reason. And then, was it? And it was Adam Cole that was backstage for some reason yeah. like why like I don't really get why they weren't both out there and if you're going to do it that way why did they pre- not present it why did Adam Cole apparently have a copy of Tony Khan's notes and he could literally just reel off everything Tony Khan was going to say it was so fucking strange wasn't it? are they building to a match with them too I don't get it like I don't get what, what that was supposed to be like oh. you know you could have them come out to a handshake and Tony Schiavone announces it yeah like you would do normally just something simple like that. Um, and again, and I know WH won't be happy about this, but like, I mean, in terms of the forbidden door, I quite like the artwork. I think it's quite good in terms of having that kind of strange style. He doesn't like the name for the bit forbidden door <sighs> for reasons, like for obvious reasons at this point. Uh, just call it like open the forbidden door gate or something like that. If you well into it. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, open the forbidden door gate. Um, open the Stargate, if you ever remember that, that <laughs> film. I never watched Stargate SG1. But it, it's, it, it, you know, as a as a concept, it, it 
like it's absolutely wild and you know you're throwing this in the middle of of a show where you've got the um that tournament going like in terms of jungle boy kylo riley you see punk dustin Rhodes at the start you've got your blackpool combat club you know they're they're throwing a million you know there's a load of stuff being thrown at kind of like a million miles an hour is, and and as much even when i start to think oh well that perhaps wasn't as good or did deliver i kind of also go i need to cop myself on because if you're watching the other show on this you just be angry from beginning to end like just remember as much as they may think oh this match wasn't necessarily great american tv wrestling it's you know it's not all meant to stick in the memory necessarily some of it's just going to be fleeting and disappearing and out oh it is what it is but no on the on the announcement itself like i was you know we all knew it was coming and you know we talked about it a little bit on the weekend show i'm almost annoyed now not annoyed i'm still excited to be going to double or nothing and to be going to bloody las vegas you know i know i'm lucky to be going but there is part of me like Oof, maybe should have waited <laughs> you know four weeks fucking later yeah. there's a uh AD, aw versus a new japan show i hope it's fucking shit in the uh you know it, it, it's not another <laughs> on the announcement i hope you know. it's shit fucking yano versus copper box, uh, copper box 2.0 <laughs> evil versus Hangman Page is the fucking main event or something. I don't know. Yeah. It won't be that. that that's the thing. You know, we, we talked a little bit, you know, mm. I expect this to be, you know, heavy duty. I expect them to, you know, pop up forward and make, you know, at least a couple of big matches. You know, Okada, Punk is rumoured, you know, give me Brian against pretty much anybody. You know, Tanahashi's top of that list, but say it was Ishii even, you know. Shingo, Shingo, oh Shingo and Brian, there you go. Shingo's been doing the AW commentary, hasn't he? Uh, on New Japan, well, Despy, so, yeah, yeah. So apparently it's good stuff. Apparently it's entertaining. Apparently uh, drops all kinds of old stories about his uh, tales of being in Germany and uh, and the like. Yeah, it just appears to be just having the crack mm. while watching bloody um, while watching some watching an American wrestling program, and he's like, oh, I know him. Used to wrestle, he's had no idea what's going on storyline wise, and in some way that makes it even more, all the more fascinating. Hear the stuff that he likes and that he doesn't like as well. But it's a you know, it's certainly a relationship that's moved very much into overdrive, isn't it? Now, like we are at that at that kind of point. I mean, what I would say, I've got my kind of elements of caution about this pay per view and how they do it and how they construct it and what the follow-ups going to be from it. Is this leading because this is in the U S first, is it going to lead then to a few people going away to the G one then in July? Cause if that's the case, then that's absolutely fascinating as well. I mean, if you're doing punk a card, oh my God, that's a, that's pay-per-view worthy, isn't it? Like if, as a, if you talk about that as a main event, particularly if you've got a champion versus champion style situation, which I can't see them, doing to be honest with you but oh yeah i think you're a mute mate oh sorry have aw got a champion i uh, ruined my own joke anywho <laughs> uh, well yeah <laughs> good point there is apparently <laughs> he's a mute too well we're gonna um, see that there is one over the next few weeks i think we are gonna <laughs> no, see more are. of that as the focus oh yeah we definitely you know compared to the conversation we had last week things are definitely looking more promising uh, but no sean sean's right there in the chat you know you know, we should be, he says there, you know, temper expectations. We're not going to get Kenny O'Carda level matches across the board. Yeah. But I I think, you know, if they give us a couple of matches, like I say, if it is Punk O'Carda and there's another equivalent with Brian or somebody like that, it's not going to be, you know, New Japan versus Noah where it's just multi-man matches. Maybe that would have happened if they did this in Japan. 
but it being yeah. done on Tony, Tony Khan's dime with a pay-per-view to sell crucially, like I think you know they're going to be putting a lot of effort at least into the top you know three or four matches and then whatever yeah. comes beneath that comes beneath it. But yeah, I think we're getting uh, we're getting A stuff. I, I think not B stuff. I I think you you would hope so. Yeah, you would you would imagine that'd have to be the case because this is also massively important for New Japan. Like they'll be getting a, a cut of this. They'll want to sell as many. Uh, pay-per-views as possible like this is this is a big deal for them um it, it i kind of i'm fine if they do it in that new japan strong type way of you have a multi-man but it basically gives everyone a chance to shine and you get some unique interactions whether it's i don't know team taz versus members of lij or something like that you know there's a novelty involved in that and the kind of various interactions if you had hiromu and hook in the same ring do you know what i mean mm-hmm. there's a kind of wackiness overall for that i don't need to see overall singles and tag team matches there along the way but i think it is something that is like it just livens wrestling up it's how long it lasts because as we've seen so many times in the promotional stuff long long term it's it's quite rare new japan are probably the best at it in fairness in terms of the ring of honor deal lasted a good few deal years the cmll deal lasted a good a good few years as well but it doesn't feel like they're the senior partner and talk about ishii you know doing jobs on rampage yeah suzuki the dynamic has definitely changed there is an element of aw's proven they're not fly by night they're not going away and it's a viable wrestling company where people want to work and they're putting on great stuff. They've taken a lot of that critical praise that New Japan had. And, you know, let's face it, if it's not for New Japan, this company doesn't exist. Like, they're like the, the kind of... There's so much of it is the focal point. It's Rather than it's being sort of like the Bucks and Cody, I think it's the Bucks in Japan and Omega in New Japan. Specifically, that's the stuff that kind of... Where the nucleus of this comes across. Um but yeah, they're, they're, you know, if you have those three, four big matches, you whet the appetite the next time round, then you, you, if this does really well and it gets that kind of critical buzz, then you start thinking about your stadium shows and the rest of it. I wouldn't be surprised to see a reverse leg of this being like the third night at the Tokyo Dome something along those lines that wouldn't surprise me maybe they could actually fucking yeah get a pay-per-view provider that actually works this time but you know yeah. they might actually sell some 30 dollar pay-per-views um yeah. if they did that rather than the uh the shit show that that noah show last year no good thinking um yeah you know as simon says you know in the chat you know people's imaginations are already running wild sean himself says yeah you know zachary danielson imagine that yeah, you know, danielson versus any of these fuckers i'll take there's a lot of there's a lot of combos you can do like this you could do this run this yeah. more than once a year, you know, and and not run out of matches. I mean, you want to keep it special, nah. don't you? Which is why I do question, you know, the week you announce it, having Ishii in a random match on Rampage, it, it screams a little bit. Like, remember when the invasion happened and like Mike Awesome was just on like Shock on Saturday night, just having matches, and it was like, hang on, you got an invasion pay for you to build up here, like you know, make it special when they do, you know, the WCW guys were very quickly becoming part of the roster and you don't really want that. Um, I don't know, there's a, there's a there's probably a line to be drawn, isn't there, as to, you know, you want to promote them also, you want the American audience to know who these people are that you're, you're selling the pay-per-views with, and, you know, I do get that. You've got to, got to, you got to be able to, you know, to, to walk that line and put make these people feel important and make them feel big, so there is that consideration as well, but yeah, I think, I do. I think there's the legs in this to to you know if this first show does six does well, to do it again in another six months to make it a regular thing. You know to to do it again in Japan to do it again, 
certainly, you know, this time next year. I think there's uh, mm. there's enough combinations to, to keep that fresh and interesting. Oh, absolutely. There is. There's more than enough of these. But it's you've got to be thinking well in, in advance as well. And it's also a thing's going to be built up. If you you don't want an overload of people going from necessarily AEW into New Japan, but there's a few obvious big big names you can throw into the mix, and I think that spices it up even more. You have a, a Moxley and a Danielson do a G one, and then all of a sudden that kind of really livens up all the possible combinations and matches they could have, possible rematches if they have a couple of belters out there as well. Um, like it. it, it it feels like this is there's a very different dynamic to this than what there was with the Noah one. Um, and I'm still wary because, again, you know, it's wrestling promotions working together. They they historically end up being childish and these things go tits up after a year. Um, but what it has is like there's a genuine kind of level here of, of star. I mean, you'd argue that AEW has the biggest stars terms of certainly from a worldwide perspective but it's much more of an even playing field rather than noah where it was the novelty of noah wrestlers wrestling new japan wrestlers but there wasn't a point where you went oh well they're just as important as each other really Hmm. you knew that noah were getting like a bigger bit of a bump off this from being involved in there with new japan whereas i don't get the impression this with with AEW, but you know you give the people what they want like anyone complaining about this it's like you're just being a troll Really, that's that's all. That's all you're being is is it's it's kind of completing out a nonsense, bad faith arguments and the rest of it about delivering to hardcore fans. Yeah, I think what is a, your point exactly? <laughs> I think to be a wrestling fan at this point, you've got to be hardcore, and you might be a hardcore work pro fan who really likes Daniel Garcia, or you might be a hardcore fiend fan who spends six hundred pounds on his belt. Either way, you're hardcore. Like that's everyone's got the as I always say, everyone's got the fucking internet now. You get the internet on your fridge or your washing machine. It's uh, you know, it's it's not hard for people to find out who the new japan guys are if they uh if they don't know already but you know there is still you know for, for people who aren't fully informed there is a job that you can do in the uh in the coming weeks to uh to to educate them um maybe without having you know the likes of uh, a vichy uh job until the likes of uh of adam cole but i think they'll uh they'll get there um with that stuff but other than you know that big announcement like I thought it was a cracking little dynamite again. I am, you know, you give me a, a dynamite that has, you know, a match as good as Punk and and Dustin Rhodes to kick things off, and I'm always going to be happy. You know, you talk. This was a very, you know, it's a shame uh, Garrett's uh, one-off appearance this month. He drives a hard bargain as far as uh, the the Brock Lesnar contract he's on at the minute. But his one show this month was uh, was last week rather than this week because. This felt like a match. I don't know if he's seen it yet, but it felt right up his street. You know, him and Dustin, Punk and Dustin Rhodes just going out there, doing the little things. Yeah, as Simon points out, JP is coming back through his fiddle door now. Um, <laughs> you all right, JP? <laughs> He's back. Sorry, we just had a lot of doors shut. He like, is back. The, the forbidden oh, mate, door. I need to house. run to the toilet badly. <laughs> oh, yeah. It wasn't, mate. If it had been forbidden, I'd have been kicking it in because I was desperate. I've been holding on there for a wee while. Well, Punk and Dustin Rhodes is what I'm talking about now. That was a, it was a great little match. Ah. You know, a Gareth special. If I, uh, if I ever heard one, struggled with what to rate it on the app. I think I've landed on four point two five. Like it was just, it was a proper old school television wrestling match with little. 
call like there was lots I saw someone um did some side by side the callbacks to a match Brett and um and Goldust have had on like a on a random mm-hmm. raw. You know, great selling between the two of them. It was a match where to be honest, it was a little bit messy in part, and there were little bits where, you know, it felt like either there was a slight lack of, you know, communication or, you know, maybe uh, Dustin didn't quite know what Punk was going for or the other way around, but I didn't really mind that either. I think it kind of worked with kind of what this was, which was felt like a, a bit of like of a, a chess match um, of a match, kind of worked at, you know, a deliberate place like a, mm. a TV match would have done in, uh, you know, in Brett or in, you know, in Dustin himself's uh, era. It was just, yeah, two men, two men working over body parts and, you know, selling the effects of that and not really doing much and just making the most out of that and getting, you know, this is awesome chance while they're in the middle of a, a transitional hole because everybody in the crowd and at home is... <laughs> been sucked in you know and was playing close attention it just yeah to me it felt like two masters just going out there and you know even like not even needing to put full effort in to have a match this good like that's just how good the two of them are and yeah i I knew when the match was uh was announced it was going to be uh one that was right up my street and yeah i felt like they uh they delivered as well they i I didn't give it as high a star rating i think went three and a half because I, I thought it was a match that's kind of it, it was like a, a a very good TV match. Three and a half stars for a for a TV match. You know that that normally isn't the norm. Put it that way. You, you're you're getting stuff. You'd be into this sort of style, you know. Bigger. Oh no, I was into it. Like for what it was, it ticked the boxes. It's probably there's that part of me about going how kind of I didn't find it necessarily like I don't know. Maybe it, it was the fact I was I was probably a bit. A bit tired or whatever if whatever reason like i i it sounds like i'm I, I didn't like it at all i did it was just like i thought it was like a very good like sort of television wrestling match between two guys who know exactly how to do it i think it, it improves something once you you see the stuff with the bret hart side by sides i think that does actually kind of really add something to it. you go oh okay these are the kind of levels that these guys are, are going down to as well but again Dustin Rhodes has no right to be delivering matches as good as this at his age. Really, he doesn't. We see, a, you know, there is a lot of, you know, whether it's Yuji Nagata, Minoru Suzuki, kind of fifty-year-olds who wrestle their matches, and that is what they do, and they gen- they generally have success, and there's a kind of limit to where they are for it. Whereas with Dustin Rhodes, there's just there's so much going on as well at, at, at this point, and it almost feels like he should be a fixture of TV because like a, a lot of those younger wrestlers need to go through a period of, of working with him because it, it feels to me like what you remember the way they always refer to Barry Windham as being like, he's the best wrestler of, of everyone here. But there is that there were those kind of intangibles that he never really had. Like, I mean, he never had the promo for example, or the kind of charismatic nature of the body or whatnot, but my God, he, who's an absolutely fine professional wrestler. It feels like a lot of the time that Dustin Rhodes has very much sort of fitted into that, but like, except with like added longevity that Wyndham never had. Um, And he's sort of, yeah, his former tag team partner, like it's, it, it, you know, he's, it, it's something incredible at his age that he's having these kind of matches. William Regal, but good, you know, does all those little things and they actually take yeah. a good match <laughs> at the end yeah. of it, you know? <laughs> no, only, yeah, only messing. But no, like, I, yeah, I'm obviously, you know, higher than you on it, but in fairness, you know, me going, you know, four, like, the 
grapple average is closer to you. You know, the average is three point four eight. Um, there's a lot of what wild mm. ratings on there. A lot of lot of fours in the range of that four point two fives, four and a halfs, um, and then some people giving it three and a half to three point seven five. You know, like you say, a good TV match. It's hard to quantify. It's like you know, watching a good, you know, ninety minute solid indie film that isn't going to be a five star film, and you might give it three stars, but it doesn't mean you you know you liked. What it was, you know, and and, and you know, yeah. out there with a with a job to do, which was open a TV show and have a, a crack and back and forth match, and that's what they did, you know. So yeah, um, really, really enjoyed that. That was a a big, big highlight of the uh, of the show for me. But yeah, you know, other than that, there was there was lots more, you know, on the show to love. Love the uh, the Blackpool Combat Club stuff uh, again on this show. You know, any uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> any opportunity you get to uh, to have those uh, those three in the ring and have uh, have Regal on commentary. Speaking of which, you know, I'm always a uh, uh, contrary to uh, to my gimmick, a uh, a big fan of. Uh, you know, got a you know Regal telling stories about his uh, friendship with with Arn Anderson on Connor on commentary. He's somebody going to Vegas and he knew he lost a liver or something like that. It's Apparently, just... yeah. That might be my future in a in a few weeks. Um, maybe wow. me. And, <laughs> me and I could believe it with him and Arn back in the day. Hundred <laughs> uh, percent. No, I thought that was a lot of fun. We got you know story development in the uh, in the Wardlow stuff. You know, uh, again that mm-hmm. stuff continues to be absolutely you know fantastic. I wasn't so sure on the butcher being a MGF scary hired gun. I'm not sure if they've put the legwork in over the last you know couple of years to to make butcher really that much of a threat, but you know. He was fine, you know, in the role and uh, in that segment yeah. as well. Even if there were a couple of hairy moments with a couple of those uh, those power bomb spots in there, really enjoyed that as well. There were a lot of uh, a lot of things to be positive about on this show. I thought, yeah, I thought it generally was. I mean, again, I think we're kind of spoiled, aren't we, with with what we get on it? I mean, I would say the Britt Baker match I thought was bad. I also thought we were sort of like quite badly booked at points. That sounds incredible oh, for like mm. it very odd. She was like, you know, it, it just was just the I don't know, I know it was in Pittsburgh and other stuff like that, but I didn't really get anything from that match. I, I you know, I know I think he was, was Vanessa Bourne in NXT, wasn't it? Who she was she was up against and it, it, I don't know, just like kind of like it was far too fifty fifty for what it should have been. For someone like as high up the totem pole on there, um, but it kind of had a bit of everything, isn't it? For, for a level and what she is, and the the star they push her as in the division, she's just several steps behind that as a wrestler, and continues to be. And yeah, there were times where I thought, oh no, it's coming together. Like you know, the Saint Patrick's Day Slam match, the first one against Thunder Rosa, and you go, okay, this is where she's going to be. She's going to be a big star now. Uh, I. I don't think they put booked her particularly well as a champ. I still think there's a, there's always been an element of confusion to this character that they don't realise that she's a face. That's what she is. So that's what that's what they should be booking her as. Um, yeah, it, it's yeah, it, it's it's very it's very disappointing. I suppose I'm much more interested in like Serena Deeb, for example, like as as someone come. Yeah. <laughs> I know, um, and I think you know. With with you know, you look at but you look at this show and you look at all the things that it offers. If you're just going through it, you know, you've got your um, you had that obviously. You go Blackpool Combat Club, then you got the Tony Khan announcement, then you got Butcher Wardlow, you got Jungle Boy Kyle O'Reilly. You have a sort of hook squash in there as well. You've got the you hate for the Dan promo. <laughs> no, no, and I've seen some people go. Is he any good? No, he's shit. 
He's I don't understand this comment. No, he isn't. <laughs> I don't find it funny. Oh, I was shocked to I find it funny to, uh... in the way that Pee Wee Herman was funny. Or <laughs> Pee Wee did annoying voice. I didn't find Joe Pasquale funny. And that's what this guy <laughs> is. He's wrestling's Joe Pasquale. I listened to voices annoying. of wrestling, yeah. Joe Lanza's big into <laughs> Dan Arsene and like Richard's bemusement meets, I think, your bemusement here, Adam. I don't um, get it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. I, I, this isn't, I don't know. I think there's, there's definitely better ways they could have presented them because he's just kind of just this dude who randomly turns up on TV and you're supposed to kind of connect the dots as to who he is or why it's funny. And also, I think... They're on a hide into nothing doing a hook match. I just don't think it's going to benefit hook really. Um, I suppose if he knocks him out in 30 seconds and, you know, we all move on with our day. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, the, the segments have been uh, a bit odd and a bit weak. I, yeah. I, I, this is someone you want him to stay well clear of. You want him out of that universe. You want him out entirely out of that, um, like, Dan and part of the world. You keep him with the comedy stuff. And it's, look, if he's going to get a reaction and they're doing well out of it and they're selling merch and all the rest of it, then fine, do it. Like, I get the reasoning behind it. Like, Hook isn't, like, there's no, I don't see what the value for him is. There's nothing to be gained in terms of credibility. It's not a next step up from wrestling QT Marshall, is it? It's, you know, it's someone who's a complete comedy wrestler. And it's just like, he shouldn't be doing that stuff. He shouldn't just be engaging with it. Hmm. Like, which I know that's part of it. He just walks away. Yeah. But like, yeah, but there is a point where he has to twat him and I don't want Dan Housen to hit him back. Like, it'd just be like, no, fuck off. I'm not humoring this stuff on here. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's, that's where Dan Housen fits in for all of this stuff because I see the stuff like the curse and I'm not laughing because I, I I just think it's childish. Like I feel actively like kind of I watch Dan House and I feel actively embarrassed. I don't get it in the slightest. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, hey, he'll be on Conan O'Brien though, you know, and he'll uh, you know <laughs> he'll continue to. Uh... I don't care if he is, <laughs> mate. He could he could appear on the, on a rebooted version of the Word. For <laughs> I'd like to see. He he could be on the Daily Politics. Like I'm still not watching. I don't want to like engage with him at all like you'd be on the one show be like, yeah fine whatever i'm not watching specifically because he's on there oh he's a wrestler they'd be falling over him put him on loose women he'd love him he'd be great great on loose women wouldn't he (laughs) would he be i don't know i've not seen loose women in a while that lineup changes a lot it's hard to keep unless you're around during the day it's hard to keep a handle on do well you know send these lads on the media tour what could darby allen do is there anybody fit well, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, oh, what was it? Yeah, he did, what did he do? Some reality show, didn't he? Mm, yeah, could be, could make it work. Um, I don't know, I want to see that. I want to, I want to see AEW wrestlers do like the tour of, uh, of 90s <laughs> British. <laughs> I want to see, I want to see the big breakfast maker come back and, uh, and see some of these lads on there. Well, the wrestlers' hotbed, isn't it? It, it certainly killed off lots of wrestlers there as well. Um, just, yeah. I was just gonna say. <laughs> Still out there on the loose. <laughs> very, very, very much like a celebrity version of Rosemary West. Yeah, 
Well, on that note, uh, yeah, I thought uh, yeah, Darby Allen was in the uh, the main event. The one thousand show. Darby Allen, the word. That's it. That's what I go with, Liam. Uh, so, yes, yeah, that'd be good. Um, <laughs> Doing an L seven or something. Yeah, could have been promoting this uh, this Andrade match. Um, yeah, I didn't think much of this to be honest. Much I enjoyed the show. No. It was definitely the the first half was definitely better than the second. Um, we're just getting a lot of gimmick matches on AEW, aren't we? It didn't feel that long ago that we got Coffin hiding yeah. with Derby um, to do it again this soon. Felt a bit much, but we got the uh, the great angle that it consistently gives JP, which is Sting being disguised as Sting in the crowd. Um, always good for a <laughs> for a laugh, good to uh, awesome. you know, do retro. Uh, I always think I always think that that kind of becoming the meme misunderstood the point of Sting being dressed up as Sting when he was in WCW. You know, the point was he was hiding in plain sight amongst lots of other Stings. It wasn't just that, you know, he was Sting, pretended to be Sting. But anywho, uh, <laughs> it's always funny when it, it brings it, a little bit. Of, it is actually quite funny. It's become a thing. It, being, it brings me back around quite nicely to the um, Halloween Havoc 1990 uh, edition of The Wrestler that you bought, picked up for Gareth from, from the love of wrestling, doesn't it, really? Where, like... Very much doesn't look like Sting, Barry Windham. Mm. Like, how much they paid him to cut his hair and bleach it like that. It was fucking awful. Like, <laughs> although at the time I was convinced just through reading it, this must have been one of the great angles of all time and how, conf- like, honestly, how, how confused I was about it. But, um, but yeah, this was, this was awesome when he does that. It was great. And it was, you know, it was the baseball hat as well and it's his he knows how to play those moments so well and my god is he enthused so yeah i i, I yeah i i love that stuff as a, as a match the main event I'm, I'm with you there's too many texas death matches there's loads and loads of gimmick matches and stuff going on there they're falling into the booking tropes of you know you kind of constant run-ins and interference and stuff like that stuff that they haven't they have moved away from at times i mean but it's also like this is a feud which because it's got that Hardy's involvement and everything else. Should we just get cut the chase and just get to Jeff Hardy versus Darby Allen? Just do that. Yeah, that's it. The yeah, Hardy, I mean it's gotta go there. Hardy yeah. family office stuff is definitely dragged out, you know, past its uh sell by date. But but that's the thing, though, you when you do that, you want that to be a big gimmick match and you've got this is a coffin match on, on Dynamite. There's a rando ladder match next week with um with uh, <laughs> sorry, just laughing at some of the suggestions in it. Hook on Bake Off, Holmes under the Hammer Thousand. Hammer Thousand. <laughs> well, that's a good suggestion to But no, at a serious point. Oh my god. You you've got like Sting would Sting would get a bus pass if he lived in the UK, Andy Ryan mentions in the channel. That's spot on. That's a scary thought. That is true. Uh, but no, I do think we're at, we're at the point of like maybe there being too much of that because, you know, Sammy Guevara on, you know, next week on Dynamite at Scorpio Sky, apparently that's another ladder match. Like, and I'm sure Darby and Jeff, when they eventually have their match, are going to want to do something daft as well. I don't know. Pick your moments for that stuff. I think it's uh, getting, a, getting a little bit much, but yeah. Not the end of the world. Still a, a fine second uh, hour of dynamite, even if it wasn't as uh, as killer as the uh, the first half. Mm-hmm. But I mean, any big thoughts on on Rampage? I thought Rampage was a was a very good show this week. Felt it like it was maybe another one of those overstuffed hours. You know, I never love when the yeah. other matches like 
you know, they're already in the ring, I kind of think, you know, I think there's nothing drier than that in wrestling, like cutting out the entrances. I know Joe was never a man for entrances, and we had that conversation a couple of times, but yeah. I think it's, it's part of the presentation and part of, you know, getting to see Ishii in, in AEW isn't coming out, you know, for the Stone Pitbull song, and, you know, Cole making his big entrance is obviously a big part of his act, so having them doing the, the whole currently in the ring with them too, you know you're onto a show where they've overstuffed it. You know, there's four, five matches, you know, and a, and a lot going on. Um, you know, and a lot to, lot to fit in, even segment-wise, uh, backstage. Was there and, five matches? Oh, no, there was four, because the other one was, uh, they had the uh, the Keith Lee and Shane Strickland interview backstage, didn't they? That was oh, the, yeah. The thing, yeah, and uh, Tony Schiavone interviewing the... Uh, and that as well. That was another like segment mm. that they, they shoehorned in there as well. Too much though for an hour. I think th- the three match format is yeah. is the best for Rampage. But you know, I can't say any of it was bad. You know, and I, the one thing you can say for when they do that is it flies by as an hour of TV. I was going to say it does it as an hour of TV. It does absolutely kind of, um, you know, it really is there and. I think, like, uh, was it Will Cooling had said how those this is rampages occasion could be the thing that kind of wakes you up in between when you not remember to skip through the fight TV stream um, in there. But it, it moved along uh, like a, a kind of a, a big pace. I mean, I, there was a lot of praise for the Ishi Adam Cole match, like there was like from the from the spoilers from the tapings. I don't know what that was really based on. I thought this was Ishi in America, just you know, three stars. Yeah, like and it. Just like it was what it was. I thought the main event, considering I had like, I was worried going into it with the experience level of both. I didn't think it was as bad as I thought it was going to be. I say now I went two and a half stars. I didn't think it was good. Mm. I thought there was a lot they were putting on it. They used a lot of bells and whistles with the baddie club and stuff like that. However, I did think it was like you're you're putting them in a real sink or swim position if you think of what how many how many combined matches of these two had professionally in front of crowds not many and you're putting them in a main event of a TV program I mean it felt more like as a kind of experiment to see how what what would Jade Cargill mean in terms of a rating does she pop a number in and of a in and of herself if you put her in a main event there uh, it, it's it was kind of. I thought it was fine for what it was, and Lance Archer squatches are fun. Yeah, I enjoy them. Like they cut to the chase. Yeah, I think what what I really liked on the show. I, I've got thoughts on the the character presentation. <laughs> I'm sure you can imagine I'm going to get into. But Eddie Kingston and Daniel Garcia was one. Mm. Apparently, like I, I, as much as I loved it. Apparently, there's another like five minutes at least on the cutting room floor <laughs> because of the time you know uh issues here because this was this was another one that was raved about going in now we'll say on the positive side love these two wrestling each other like in any mm. situation i will take it like the chemistry these two have got like i could just i could have watched them for another five or ten minutes you know just mainly just beating the shit out of each other and you know and garcia trying to keep up with the the bigger kingston and kingston launching them round and you know it's not even like i suppose in the edited version we saw not exactly a huge story match just really two lads hitting each other really hard and trying to yeah. you know daniel garcia trying to man up to uh to eddie kingston and and ultimately failing but yeah, I just absolutely loved it. I just thought, like, you know, the the way they sold each other's, you know, heavy duty offense, and you know, the again, the the the, the kind of 
brawling more side of Garcia coming out here, the striking more side, I suppose, of, of Garcia coming out here. I just love what these two bring out in each other. I'm not, you know, as confident as some that this is them pl- planting seeds for a bigger match between these two at some point. I think it's going to be, you know, it's obviously Kingston Jericho at the pay-per-view, and I think Kingston Garcia seems to me like the, the type of match they can just whenever they kind of fancy revisit it. Yeah. It'll be like a, on a random rampage or it might be a, a rando match on Dynamite. And, you know, unless things change, you know, it's going to be continue to be, you know, Garcia at his level on the card and Kingston at his level on the card and the result is kind of what you expect. But, hey, throw on low-key little bangers like this every few months or so and I'll be uh, I'll be into that. Yeah, I, th- I think I actually kind of hit the, the nail on the head. This felt like this is very much like one of the many steps we're going to get where there's iterations of these two kind of Eddie Kingston, the Eddie Kingston proud and powerful faction feuding with Jericho Appreciation Society. And we're going to come back to this. And I'm sure there's going to be a point we come back to it where, you know, Garcia is beating him and it's Eddie Kingston as the veteran on the way down and things like that. There's, a, yeah, there's many different iterations of this match that we're going to end up getting. I think for me, like partly because of the way it was positioned in the middle of the card. I mean, I, I can't believe that was the, the match that I kind of forgot about. And again, it's not that I didn't dislike it or anything else. I kind of thought, well, for what this is within there, and I didn't know about the editing, funny enough. feels like the kind of thing I should know, really, being a wrestling player podcaster and all that um but at the same time it 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 kind of was fine for what it was but this is very much part of a much bigger you know it's 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 building up eventually where we're getting for the feud and other things like that so you had the the kind of the idea of jericho appreciation site not being allowed in and 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 stuff like that as well like i mean these were there's many stops we're going to get with this and i'm sure there's going to be other times where daniel garcia ends up being them i think this is a match, like you say, they're going to go back to again and again. I mean, what do you make of the presentation of Garcia? I mean, that's the bit I was, as I mentioned at the top of the show. That was a Kango hat. Wasn't a, wasn't a pot. <laughs> I, think the, I think the kids call it being ratio. Not a popular opinion at the minute. I think people are, are very into the Kango hat. Um, I, I think, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe I've jumped the gun. What, Samuel L. Jackson and Jackie Brown <laughs> just wearing Kango hats the whole time? No, I'll accept maybe I've jumped the gun, but I do, I've just got, I think, I mean, the gimmick's already old for me. Like, Garcia half mm. committed to this jokey sports entertainment gimmick in his Daft Kangol hat. I just think it's got such a limited self. Like I, I almost think it's already old. Um, <laughs> Liam said here, Garcia look like Brian Brian Harvey. <laughs> See, that's funny. It is. But like, it's. Saw him once, didn't I? I'm sure I've said this story on there. Where? Him and Daniela Westbrook. When she had a septum, they were like, "Yeah, they were in a club that I used to work in. Very nice. They were all right. They were a bit pissed up. They were chatting to my dad at one point. That was worlds I never thought colliding. But anyway, was he wearing a Kangol hat? He was wearing it. He had very baggy bootcut jeans. But that was very much, you know, of its time. Style. But uh, Kingston still. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. You know, the mid nineties. We were all about bootcut then. Different times. It wasn't slim and skinny jeans. You can get away with that shit then. <laughs> That's what we all did, yeah. I think skinny jeans are ever going to go out. I think they've been in for a long time now, haven't they? You know, I think we'd go back. They have. I mean, it's. We're going to go back at any point. uh, Well, I think what happens is effectively the the bottom of the jeans seems to get like kind of shorter and shorter, and you get more of the kind of people, men's ankles while not wearing socks 
and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it was. It's very. Um, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I was asking you, were you letting off a handbrake? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. Keep waving the baked potato. <laughs> That is one of the wackier fucking. Just Google baked potato Brian Harvey. It will it will all make sense. Very weird. Um, well, the, the thing I've got. I don't know where like, I go. It, it, I'll, I'll just yeah. say, like, I get it. Like, because Alan's made the points quite. You know, Alan's probably right now. I'm probably wrong based on history. You know, but listen to Alan Farrell, not me. But like, Alan's point is, you know, that he thinks the Garcia doing this role is going to force him out of his comfort zone and develop him in ways he hasn't developed in AEW I don't agree like I, I don't for me I don't think that's how you develop someone like a Daniel Garcia I would lean into his strengths and hope the other stuff comes along because I don't the thing the thing about this gimmick is I don't think it's a real gimmick it's you know it's not it's not consistent with who Daniel Garcia is when the bell rings it's not consistent with how he has to present himself in other promotions it's not consistent with how he has to advertise himself as a wrestler it's just a bit goofy like Garrett Kidney said that it feels a bit like you know when Kevin Nash assigned gimmicks to the X Division wrestlers it feels like that Mm. and you've got a gimmick but it's not really who you are and it just yeah and I know that there are people pushing back and going, well, maybe that's the point, and maybe he's going to turn on Jericho Appreciation Society. Maybe it, it the roads lead to you know him joining up with Brian and that as a as a result of all this. I'm not sure I buy that based on you know the news stories that came out this week about you know he was planned for the Danielson um, stable mm. and Jericho you know intervened and and got him put with him because that's that's where he wanted him. It just I just think it's a bad gimmick with a short shelf life and you know. Alan said himself, you know, let's give it six months, let's see where he is in six months. But I don't think it's got six months worth of shelf life in it. You know, I just think it's a bit it's a bit cringe really and it's good for a cheap laugh, but I don't think ultimately it's gonna help Daniel Garcia become the wrestler we want him to. And that's not me saying he's perfect now and doesn't need to develop. Mm. I just don't fundamentally don't agree that's how you develop. Mm. Well, this is it. You, you're hitting into the, between you and you and Alan. You're kind of hitting on what is the best way to develop a wrestler. Do you make them work on things that they're not perhaps any good at, or do you do what, what has always been the way really in wrestling, which is you hide the negatives and you accentuate the positives and you do things like that. It's whether or not, but by hiding the ne- negatives, those positives will only get him so far. So I'm probably lean more towards the this is something which does take him out of his comfort zone. My my thoughts on this is that this goes kind of like so six did, months and he ends so did wheeling G his way out of it. Chad, sorry. sorry. So did Shorty G for Chad Gable. You know what I mean? Like that's Vince McMahon. Thing, I don't think it's know? that bad, but it's, I don't think, I think uh, it's people think it is, but that's just me. But don't you think that's Vince McMahon thinking though? Like, Oh, well, Oh, we can't do this thing. Well, let's make him do it. And it's like, well, no, that doesn't help anyone. Cause then no one gets over. Like, I don't know. Go on. Sorry. I'll let you finish your points. No, no, no. It, 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 I'm, I'm probably more leaning towards because he is so young, and we, we don't know if he's. This is something he's going to end up being like in terms of like character wrestling, if you want to think of it as that, and, and developing a character and working on promos and things like that. I think he's young enough and he's fresh enough that he, he wouldn't get hurt by a long damage. It's not like the booking was the Red Rooster. It, it, it's, it's more the case of that what is the goal with the Jericho Appreciation Society is the ultimate goal of this. The person that you're looking to get over as a big star is Daniel Garcia. So are you going to go down the road of he usurps his 
is boss, which is something that we've kind of seen with Chris Jericho kind of happen a few times. He has a stable and then effectively gets kicked out it by the, the kind of second in command. Farouk's to Garcia's rock, if you want to think of it in that way. Um, it, it, it's I've probably got a bit more faith in it because sometimes, you know, it, it's still very, very early on. Fashion choices, <laughs> he's not great. I mean, the, I mentioned that he was wearing a pair of bootcut jeans before, wasn't he, on, on previous weeks? He's a big fan of those. like, And he's not rocking them in the way that, say, an Eddie Kingston is with the Timberlands and stuff. It's just generally not a good look. He's not a white vest type of wrestler, really, mm-hmm. at his core. I don't think... I think this is... I get why they're doing it. It may not work, but I don't know how much damage it will actually do him in the meantime. So I probably think it's kind of worth the risk them doing this to see if they can develop him in a way. Um, and, and that's, so I'm probably, uh, probably uh, more towards that side. I can see that. And, you know, and there are people who, you know, replied to me, use, you know, opinion or respect who were kind of like, well, I like the fact that it's uh, a very superficial, you know, gimmick. Mm. You know, Ian on Twitter was saying that, that that's kind of what he likes about it, that it doesn't fit Garcia's style. And, Presumably, I mean, the the, the the argument I'm very willing to hear is that if it is just superficial and in like a month, you know, he's actually going to turn on them. Like, I, I think I'd rather that than try and stick it out for six months because I I do agree Garcia needs to come on as a personality. I agree to a strong extent that he needs a character, just not an ironic played for goofy laughs kind of character and i think that's what that is this is i think mm. it's a punchline i think it's you know he's not re- he's not really mm. you know a sports entertainer it's all done with a bit of a wink and a nudge which you know happens maybe a little bit too often in aw for my life i'm not i'm not wade keller don't get me wrong you know i'm not after you know return to to 80s boots and trunks i'm not jim Cornette, but you know i do think uh, sometimes things are played for laughs in aw that don't need to be and i I do think this veers towards that where, you know, we all know with a wink and a nudge that that's not really who Daniel Garcia is. And when he says he's the sports entertainer, he's doing a bit really rather than doing an actual character. It's a bit Chikara. It's a bit, you know, yeah, irony. it's an irony gimmick um, for me, but you know, we'll see, you know, not a popular opinion right now. People, people find the half funny JP. Can I argue? No, it is funny, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> half funny is winning for now. Maybe I'll do a poll every week and I, people are sick of it. Yeah, but hey, people are into f- it. And I how the funny hats actually funny though? Daniel Garcia on TV. I'd like to see him win some fucking matches. I think that's the biggest problem with Daniel Garcia's presentation mm-hmm. at AEW so far. That's a bit where I, where I will push back. I do think the reason he hasn't really pushed on is because he constantly fucking loses um but you know i'll take the tv time where it comes i suppose when it comes to to matches as as enjoyable as the kings to match was all things said yeah yeah i mean this is again we're spoiled really aren't we oh oh wait no you're not my end carry on I did wonder why he didn't ask before. I thought, oh, is he blanking me now? Oh, sorry, what did you say? I'm joking. You know, so I, he wouldn't anything poor, it was normal rambling bollocks. <laughs> I'll, I'll just bring on, we're, we're spoiled. That's what it is, fundamentally. I did also ask the question, when have f- hats been funny? Genuinely. How often are hats funny? When you see funny hats, how often do you laugh at them? <laughs> True. I don't know. No, I, I very rarely. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen your geezer hat, mate, but that wasn't funny. That was a laugh. Big fan. 
It was, mate. I'll, I I can't rock it really at the minute because it's not the kind of weather for it, but I will be this winter. <laughs> you are a man. In the fall collection. <laughs> uh, indeed. But yeah, there we go. I guess we'll we'll check in on how he's uh, how he's doing. Maybe we can have a, a chat with Alan at some point. You can put his uh, yeah. his pointer across on it and Garcia's development. But yeah, any other notes on it on Rampage as a whole? No. Fixed fight. I think I think what we're finding overall is they're they're kind of hitting their groove of what they want these shows to be. We're going to be picking up the pace. I think thick and fast, a double or nothing. I think it starts really from this Wednesday. I think that's when we'll get punk page kind of possibly announced and i think you need to do that and i think you need to give that a good four weeks of build like yeah. you need to spend that quality time on it focusing the world champion making the focal point of your show if you're bringing out cm punk first because you know the big bang theory audience then you need to make sure that adam page is around there that he's involved that he that the eyeballs are also going on him and this world title fight it's gonna be very interesting going forward because i think that's gonna be you know, as much as we'll criticise the AW book and the champions, you know, and we were probably one of the rare places yeah. out there that were critical of the Kenny, the Kenny reign, what it was always missing for me was big title matches where the result was in doubt. And yeah. we haven't really, you know, with, to be fair, we had the Brian matches with Hangman, but yeah. look at that Kenny run, the only match where I really thought there was any doubt was the Hangman match. The only match where it was Kenny versus another star was the Hangman match at the very end of it. Yeah, This is a match where... It could go either way. I think we're going to have a lot of fun over the next few weeks trying to predict where they go on when they start to do segments with each other. You know, we're going to... It's not a given, is it? You know, they could go the route of, you know, Hangman is, you know, the young guy, therefore, you know, we shouldn't be losing to the Punk. Or they could go the route of, well, Punk's, you know, one of our most popular wrestlers. We'll put the title on him and it won't hurt Hangman. Either way is plausible. And that's kind of exciting, isn't it, for a big pay-per-view? And it's going to be interesting to see how they, you know, fill the time, what the segments look like, and mm. like you say, how Hangman is presented, considering, you know, the relatively weak presentation he's had since, you know, January time. And they've also spent the time doing, within their own kind of kayfabe storyline, padding out Sam Punk's record with lots of these matches. And he's proven in the ring he can go. Like, this is, you know, and we're talking what would be a big, big main event front of a like kind of red hot crowd in Las Vegas, Benno, as, as you will be experiencing first be time. Moment. It's gonna be a hell of a it's gonna be a hell of an experience. And that all all you ever want is that element of doubt. That you don't want these results to feel inevitable and you just think, oh am I gonna waste 25 minutes about how we get there? Instead you want that element of doubt of where they're gonna go. I think this is the kind of like like you said before, this is one of the big matches that you want that you're going to do if you're like, okay, you put hangman in there with, with a punk. This is, this is what you do. And they've got so many potential kind of dream matches they can go through. And it's not like they're burning through them every week. This is worth, this is worthwhile headlining a pay-per-view. It's if they stack that undercard, which they can clearly do with so much other kind of good stuff. I think it could be like, again, They've they've got a standard that they've raised those AEW pay per views in between sort of like two of the last three between Revolution, between All Out in particular, like that's that's where they need to go. Like that's the level of pay per view that you're kind of expecting to deliver because you know it's a big price tag and you want people to drop that money. You need to deliver that type of stuff and that's what AEW have proven themselves really good at doing. 
And if they deliver goodwill on this pay-per-view, then in theory, the New Japan one does as well as well. Even with one four weeks later, you know. Um, and yeah, there you go. By double or nothing, as Sean says in the chat, just to see me in tears when... Uh, when Probably won't, because that's Chicago. He might, he might, he might. Uh, cool witness history there, so, you know, that would be... Uh, oh, <laughs> uh, anything else you've uh, you've been watching this week, JP, before we, uh, we close up? Anything else you want to mention? No. No, that's it, mate. I think I've got, I've got unmentioned everything that I wanted to do. How was the Aussie on Sunday morning, mate? Was it good? Did you enjoy it? Or? I, I, didn't, I didn't see it, mate. I heard stuff about it. It was on my timeline. So I was like, you know, it, 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 it seemed interesting. <laughs> I've got a well-curated timeline. <laughs> you do have a well-curated timeline. It's not a well-curated timeline. It's worth it. <laughs> Honestly, that, that stuff is genuinely, I, I think there is some genuinely good stuff. I will try and watch MCW Vendetta show because I'm probably more familiar with MCW, if I'm going to be honest with that one. So like, I hopefully at some point see that there, there is, I'll do, I'll do a, you know, I know you don't want to know about Aussie grabs, but I'll be, uh, I'm more than happy. You'd have to Kevin Carl can, uh, you know, you'll do, do a round table. Sort of. Exactly. It's coming. Um, but no, I watched... We'll make you do it anyway. <laughs> I didn't watch any Aussie graphs, but I did watch uh, the main of the Warrior Wrestling show um, from the mm. weekend. Um, just out of interest, really, to see Blake Christian and, and Will Ospreay, just to see, you know, whether, you know, Blake Christian, who's had hot and cold moments with me, could kind of hang with Ospreay. It's an interesting show to watch. It looked like it was coming from, like, you know, those all like TV studio type places, like like center stage or something like that. It's kind of what it looked like, and um, where Warrior Wrestling were running. I'm not even sure. I think the uh, don't think the venue. The South there. Bend, Indiana, or that something. Was that was it. Yeah, Indiana. Yeah, the Bendix Arena. I, I think it is. Um, it looked cool. You know, it was it was shot a bit cheap. You know, as Warrior Wrestling is, and the commentary was you know hot and cold. And yeah, I didn't watch any. You know, on the show as well, he had Swerve against Adam Brooks, which I uh, heard a couple of uh, good things about as well. Your boys, Carl Fredericks and uh, Clark Connors, were uh, were the the, uh, the undercard uh, against each other as well. Um, but yeah, they had that spring Blake Christie in main event, and yeah, I had a huge amount of uh, of notes on it. But just to say, yeah, it was a, it was a very good match. It was. It felt very similar to Osprey Oku in that it was Osprey in there with somebody who's, you know, not at his level yet. And I would say Blake Christian's probably not even quite at his level. Similar, though. Like similar kind of standing. And it's a weird situation because obviously Blake has had that mini WWE run that, you know, that came to, to nothing. So it's when they first started floating the idea of these two wrestling each other, you know, way back when it was kind of cool, the idea that Osprey was going to wrestle against this young boy, but it's like, it's a young boy with a WWE run under his belt now, um, albeit a very, uh, very unsuccessful one. So kind of changed the dynamic a little bit, but yeah, like I say, very similar to the Oku match, very much, you know, your, your well laid out Oku match where, you know, yeah, you know, he was very much, like Christian was very much presented as like the underdog, like Oku was um, in in the in the York Hall match, but then you get the near falls towards the end of the match where he starts to surprise Osprey, you know, with last minute kickouts and you know some counters to to Osprey stuff that maybe you know you wouldn't expect, and it was you know in a lot of ways a bit of a, an Osprey carry job, and in a lot of ways you look at it and go, you know, it's you're almost watching it to see how far Osprey has come along and how well he does that New Japan last 10 minutes of a match. Oh, is he going to get the hidden blade? You know, finish a counter back and forth type of stuff. And with a guy, you know, like Blake Christian, who's, you know, still on the uh, on the come up and is recovering from that, that failed WWE run to, to do a job, you know, that good with him. 
it was a lot of fun and you know it was a big move shootout in a lot of ways big kick out kind of shootout in a, in a lot of ways but it kind of had Osprey in there as you know as he kind of is now in these matches is like the grown up in the match you know the uh, the, the, the biggest star in the match and the, mm. the one who's, who's carrying it and yeah I think it's, uh, it's very very interesting to to see Osprey kind of be that guy now and do the job he did with Oku with a with a Blake Christian here as well and he can pick and choose his spots at this point he doesn't have to be doing you know Warrior Wrestling shows i know they've got like a weird you know relationship with new japan but you could tell mm. this was a match you know he wanted you know like he wanted to work i think alex Zane was the uh the other one as well and yeah just kind of fun to see you know osprey out of his element going out there and just having a low-key you know little banger a, a four-star match on his night off um yeah, i thought it was fun and it it, uh, it lived up to the bill oh that's excellent because i know we preview a lot of the warrior wrestling cards and they always look kind of quite wacky Mm-hmm. just the combinations it's just that I think the Tom and I did watch some Warrior Wrestling it was one of those ones they did it in the American football field yeah and, and it was empty quite you know like the, it's, it's, it's like Wrestlemania weekend you know those high spots cards it's like oh you know so he's working him Bandido's working so and so and then you get there and it's like what's in a yeah. hotel with half interested people and it's more That's of a casual it. audience and le- less of a prestige promotion than if you know these matches were taking place in other places when I've uh, dipped into to warrior wrestling stuff. But no, like you know, every now and then they get a match like this that gets a, a little bit of buzz, and yeah, I felt like it. Uh, it definitely deserved it. That sounds good. Is it the next title defense against Davy Richards? Is that so. right? Did I see that somewhere? Yeah, that'll right. be fascinating. <laughs> yeah, that's a match. Like, I, I, I the kind of matches that he sort of should be having I know it's the matches he'll want to have mm. as well it, it, it makes sense it's the warrior wrestling title so I suppose there's a little bit more kind of freedom for it and he's you know he's he's getting his bookings and I think all of these are things that probably help him in terms of like getting his character down as well particularly you mentioned there the similarities with the Oku match with uh, with Blake Christian there as well and like all of those things work out work out quite well. It's, it feels good to see Blake Christian do something substantial yeah. as well since leaving WWE because a lot of it's just been kind of undercard, mid-card of GCW from what I've seen. That's it, yeah. And it, it's just a weird trajectory, isn't it, to get that call up and then just end up back where you started again. So yeah, he's got a rebuilding job to do. But yeah, getting matches like this is uh, is definitely definitely going to help. So yeah, mm-hmm. very much uh, very much enjoyed that. But yeah, anything else you want to mention, JP? Anything else you want to plug before we go? No, that's it. Um, other than plugs, I'd say grapple.com forward slash uh, pa- uh, patreon.com forward slash grapple. Get that one in first for there. Yeah, we've got a film club tomorrow, mystery show on Wednesday. Um, plus, at the same time, uh, grapple.com forward slash support. Um, it'll obviously give you the link to our big cartel page in there where you can buy the new, uh, new CM Punk track jacket as well as that classic grapple t shirt. And it's not like, you know, these are nice classy designs here, folks. You'll be all right. You're not going to be laughed out of work. You'll be fine wearing it in. Looking forward to, uh, to Rock and Mine, hopefully, on uh, on one of our upcoming streams. But, yeah, if you want to see any of those and, uh, and watch Spotlight Live as uh, people have tonight. And it hasn't even been too late on one, JP. It's, uh, it's, only, it's only just past half 11 here. We've, uh, Mate, know, shocking. For us, like, we're barely getting started. <laughs> banter section's barely finished at this point. I was going to say, the banter <laughs> section's <laughs> finished and his realisation of, like, <laughs> the maximum amount of sleep I'm getting is four hours. And that's the best case scenario. So, yeah, feels possibly reasonable, this. 
There you go, yeah. Solid uh, two and a half hour show there for you folks. But yep, you want more where that is? Watch us live, get our weekend show and the weekend's daily updates, all that stuff. Patreon.com slash grapple. But yeah, other than that, that's it for us for another show. We'll catch you again. Bye. Bye.